Thanks for downloading this IMSA radio podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be broadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by visiting imsaradio.com or search for IMSA radio wherever they get their podcasts. Michelin Pilot Challenge on IMSA Radio, part of the Radio Show Limited Network. We bring together sound and vision from Sebring International Raceway, wherever you are, either here at the track on 100.9 FM, listening on RS2, IMSA Radio, or indeed following along with our World Feed TV on IMSA.TV. Good to have your company. Hello there, it's John Hindorf, Jeremy Shaw and Shay Adam as we're ready to go racing in the sunshine. Perfect weather uh, with the temperatures, well, Getting up a little bit, to be quite honest, to 70 Fahrenheit on track, 73 in the air. That is 21 on the track and 23 in the air. 17 corners, just over three and a half miles. The names, the names here tell you all you need to know about the history of this circuit. Action areas at turn one and turn seven, right the way through Collier. Uh, up to Tower Turn, which is the uh, Turn 13. Also see some incidents down there. And then, of course, diving up the inside at Turn 17 at sunset at the end of the Ullman Strait. It's a busy day today. It's a huge crowd. And we're on the first of two formation laps. And there's already a problem for one of the Audis out on the circuit. That is an absolute... Oh, it's started. It's got going again before it was passed by the safety vehicle. Well, that's good news. Let's take you through the field as Jeremy Shaw, alongside me here in the uh, global broadcast booth, has the runners and riders for the Alan G. Automotive Network 120. Yeah, thank you very much indeed, John. Uh, we've got uh, 42 cars on the starting grid, 27 of them in GS, 15 in TCR. Starting at the back is kind of a 99, that's Victor Gonzalez in a Honda Civic. Uh, in Alongside him on the back row of the grid, after problems in qualifying, Will Talley in kind of a 73, that's a Honda Civic. Row 20, Preston Brown in one of the two Rockwell Autos dis- Development Audis, kind of a 10, alongside the defending series champion Taylor Hagler in kind of a 1. Row 19, that's Jacob Diley in a Hyundai and Gavin Ernstone winner at Daytona in number 61 Road Shagger Racing Audi. Uh, the 18th row is Nate Stacey making his return to the series in car number 74, the second of the Diley Motorsports Hyundais, alongside Nick Loymans for Rockwell Autosport Development in an Audi. The lone alpha in the field was starting the 34th position, that's car number 5 for Roy Block, alongside Steve Ike in a Honda, car number 89. Row 16, Brian Ortiz, another returnee to the Michelin Pilot Challenge in column 91. That's a Hyundai Elantra. Two more Hyundai Elantras directly ahead of him on the grid, both from Brian Herder Autosport. Is a number 33, that's Harry Gottsacker, and a Mason Philippi in column 98. The front row, effectively, in TCR, column 17, Chris Miller in the Unitronic JDC Miller Motorsports Audi. On the pole position, as Shay Adam has already said, the Honda Civic for LA Honda World Racing. Column 37 is Matt Pombo. Moving on to GS, Sean McAllister will start last in car number 39. That's a Porsche. Row 13 on the grid, Frank Depew 
in the Rebel Rock Racing Chevrolet Camaro, car number 71, alongside Eric Zitzer, making his debut uh, in professional racing in car number 85, that's a crucial motorsports McLaren. Paul Sparta in car number 92 will start 24th, that's a BMW, alongside a lone Toyota in the field, car number 14, Tiago Camilo. Row 11, Eric Filgaris in car number 28, a Porsche, alongside a BMW of Garrett Adams in car number 26 from Orlando, Florida. Two more BMWs on row 10, John Capestro de Betts in car number 25, Robert McGuinness in car number 95. Row 9 is Adam Adelson, another Porsche in car number 47, then Bryce Ward in a Mercedes car number 57. Row 8, Bob McCallion, a Ford Mustang GT4 on, in car number 59. Similar car alongside, that's car number 13, Jason Altsman. Row 7 is a McLaren Artura GT4. For car number 69, it's Alex Filsinger from Canada, alongside Ted Giovannis for Team TGM and Aston Martin, car number 64. Row 6, Vin Barletta, the Turner Motorsport BMW, car number 96, alongside the lone Bronze Cup category car that's Gary Ferreira in car number 11. Row 5, Anton Diaz Pereira, Mercedes in car number 27, alongside the BMW Sean Quinlan in car number 43. Row 4, Austin McCuster. Austin McCusker and then Aston Martin alongside him in the similar car car number 44 is Moise Uretsky yet another Aston Martin will start 6 car number 46 is Hugh Plum top top 5 Jeff Mosing in a Mercedes car number 56 another Mercedes 4th on the grid car number 23 is Anthony McIntosh alongside Aurora Strauss for Crucial Motorsports in the McLaren had a great run at Daytona in car number 58 and on the front row of the grid for Marillo Racing in car number 72 is a Mercedes of Kenny Marillo. And then for on the pole position for the first time in his career, car number 83, Tom Collingwood in the BGB Motorsports Porsche. Two hours are on the clock. That is the 120 of the Alan G Automotive Network 120. IMSA Michelin Pilot Challenge is green at Sebring. And it is the green pool sitting BGP Motorsports Porsche who heads off into turn one with the preferred inside line. Turning in from the middle of the track. Watch for the incidents coming behind. Everybody playing ball in the GS field. Then the TCRs following through with a little bit of a gap between them. It wasn't a full split start here. Here they come. Full split start. It was a full split start, should I say. That was They were a little further back than I was anticipating. So Matt Pombo leads them down to the first left-hander side-by-side on the back straight. Already the McLaren that was well up in the field. That was the Artura Aurora Strauss, I think. Just getting shuffled back a wee bit. Trying to stay out of trouble early on as the main field goes through turn seven in front of the seven hotel. Really good wings in the bar there, by the way. Just seeing. Down towards turn 10 for the first time. Defensive move down the inside from the pull sitter, but round the outside. Kenny Marillo makes it stick in the bright orange AMG GT4 of Marillo Racing. That was brave and bold on Michelin tyres that may not be up to temperature and pressure yet. That was impressive. And what about third position? Anthony McIntosh, JTR Motorsports Engineering in the AMG GT4. Anthony now battling for second place as well. And then it's Jeff Mosing for the other Marillo Racing Mercedes. These four have pulled away from that Artura of uh, that was uh, right up at the sharp end at the start. And then there's a wee bit gap further back down through the field. 
But that's a decent, very decent start indeed. Aurora Strauss having to defend. Comes to the middle of the road, coming down to the end of the Ullman Strait. Got Hugh Plum for Team TGM right in behind her in the red, white and blue. Aston. Hugh takes a very tight line on the inside and there wasn't as much bumps there. I think he might have got the power down a little bit earlier. He'll be challenging Aurora as they go across the line to complete the first lap. Kenny Marillo from Tom Collingwood, from Anthony McIntosh, from Jeff Morsing. Aurora Strauss in fifth, but Hugh Plum trying to get round the outside. Hasn't been able to make that. He's under pressure himself from Moise Oretsky for accelerating performance in another Aston Martin Vantage GT4. And then the third AM Vantage in the line there, 6th, 7th and 8th, is the Van der Stur Racing. Austin McCusker making up the top 10. Sean Quinlan and the Lone Star Racing Mercedes of Anton Diaz Pereira. What a start and what an overtake for the lead for Kenny Murillo. Yeah, nice start for him and uh, a good first lap there for Tom Collingwood. He's not used to starting up front in these sort of races. Uh, so he's, uh, he made a, yeah, it was a good effort on that first lap by Tom. Just lost to one position, slotting in ahead of Anthony McIntosh and Jeff Mosing there using all his experience in all sorts of different cars to uh, move up in the, in, the, the, in the top five as well. Jeremy Shaw and me, John Hindoff in the booth. Shea Adam in the pit lane. Shea, you managed to grab a word with some of the drivers beforehand. This battle behind Aurora Strauss is really interesting. We'll keep an eye on that. What can you tell us about the mindset of the drivers as they came into this Alan J Automotive Network 120? Well, it was very interesting, John, because it was just a reset. Pushed at Daytona for GS. So Tom Collingwood, very much out of position from where he's used to qualifying, said he was just going to do everything he could on these opening laps to keep the Wolves Bay, but I want to follow up with Robin Liddell and Rebel Rock Racing because, Robin, last we left your car, it was not in a good state, a good state. It was a brake issue for Frank DePew in the qualifying session. Everything looks like this Camaro is ready to go win a race, though, isn't it? Well, it's a lot of cars to overtake to get to the front, but, I mean, obviously, as normal, we'll do our very best to get as far up the front as we can. Um, you know, the team's worked incredibly hard over the last couple of weeks. We tested. We ran the VPC race last weekend. Frank did a hell of a job. He was two seventh place finishes and third quickest in the first race excellent job by him but he got caught out yesterday when we went green on that uh, after the red flag in qualifying and i think with some heat heat soak in the brakes he just came out of the pit lane pretty quick and jumped on the brakes and the pedal went super long on him so unfortunately yeah he went off and hit the wall uh you know cosmetic damage for the most part but the car should be running very well and i expect based on his performance from last weekend that once he gets things settled down a bit, I think he'll actually get going quite well and pass some people. So we're still, we haven't written it off. We're still excited for the race. The good thing is that you know how to pass a lot of people. So 40 minutes for Frank DePew, and then we're going to see the Robin Liddell Show. Good luck today, Robin. Thank you very much. Quick and economical round here. Remember how he eked out the fuel back at the front of the field. Tom Collingwood and Anthony McIntosh are having a battle for second whilst they're watching the Murillo Mercedes number 72 down at the hairpin, just getting smaller and smaller. The second Murillo Racing Mercedes, Jeff Morsing is in fourth position. Then the little gap of about five seconds back to Aurora Strauss in that crucial motorsports. McLaren Artura GT4, Hugh Plum, Team TGM, Aston, accelerating performance, Moise Oreski, Austin McCluskey, Van der Skur Racing and someone's dropped some bodywork at the Exit of turn one, Jeremy Shaw. Yeah, that's uh, is there a car in there, there as well? There is a car somewhere? in there. Oops, oh, it's the, the number 70. Cars. It's the 70 Diley car. 
that has gone off. That's and Jacob that's, Diley. That's a big impact. In fact, there's another car yeah, involved there. One of the Rockwell cars. Is that the Rockwell car that was struggling at the start of the race to get up to pace? That was one of the, it was certainly one of the Rockwell yeah. cars that didn't, that's, that's going the, to be a full course yellow here. Yeah. That's a big impact on the exit of turn one. That's Nick Loyman's there in the number 15 car uh, for Rockwell Autosport Development. And, uh, yeah, that's been a uh, that's a, a, a big off there for those two. That is going to bring out Fool's Call Caution. Good start, though, by Kenny Morello. Good, good, oh, really there's good three cars, Jeremy. There's three oh, there. cars I involved in that. Oh, is that the other Daily car I think well? that's the other Daily car. I think, they've, I think that both of the team cars out there, it's 15... Um, well, Nate Stacey was farther ahead of the other two. So six, 61 and 70, definitely, isn't it, that we've identified. I, th I think the other one might be... Did you say 61? Six, 61's Roadshagger, isn't it? Yeah. So it's 60, it is the, it's the 61. It's Gavin Earnshaw. Okay, well, yeah, those, those three were together as they yeah. crossed the line. Earnstone uh, in 61 was ahead of 15 Loymans and then Jacob Diley in kind of a 70. They were Jacob Diley's got furthest up the track ah. in the mm, uh, orange and black most, car. Most damaged too, by the looks of it. Yeah, completely ripped off the side, uh, left-hand side of that car. The Roadshagger car is the one that's planted S simply Las Vegas, yeah. Um, ah. That, that's the 61 car. That's planted fairly square onto the wall. And the good news is, and particularly if Kelly is listening, is that Gavin is out of the car. Oh, that car door didn't close very well there. They have got a brand new car. Yeah. Um, this was meant to be the last car, last race for this chassis. No, well, the last race was supposed to be yeah, the last yes, car for the old yes. car, but they won that. And the new car, the, uh, the brand new Audi, oh, he's not very happy with the... Uh, with the this is Jeff Diley just got out of his car. So yeah. two of the three drivers we've seen out. The third car uh, we thought was the number 15, did we not? Yeah. Which was uh, Nick Loymans for Rockwell. Oh, my goodness me. That is a but very yeah. big incident. So that Daytona then was supposed to be the last race for the number 61 uh, old, older, sequential gearboxed Audi, but um, they, they they have a new car. They've done some testing with it, but it didn't have the ABS system, which it's supposed to have. So, and that only arrived, I think, the day before yesterday. So, even though they've done testing, not with the full ABS system on the car, so they didn't have time to fit it for here. They have a, pla a test already planned for VIR later next week, mm. but uh, it's uh, come to an early. Halt here. That's, of course, the championship leaders having won the opening round at Daytona last time. Well, I wonder if we can try and unpick what was going on and how this all started. Right, oh. well, it, it was Gavin Ernstone who yeah. got sideways yeah. with cold rear tyres coming yeah. through turn one and then was picked up by... Yeah, the other guys I, I had think by go, the, daily, the daily car... And then it was the Rockwell car that came through behind them. No, make that the other way around. It's the Rockwell car that first gets into a sideways Gavin Earnstone and then Jacob Diley trying to avoid them. Just went the wrong way. Had a split second to make a decision. Jacob's fine. He's uh, helping the marshals clear up. 
And we've seen Gavin as well. Who did we put in the Rockwell car, guys? Nick Neumanns. It was Nick Neumanns, yeah. Yeah, uh, really unfortunate. I mean, he's still in the car, but innocent, he's, he's innocent moving around and talking. There. Uh, was Nick? Uh, he, he was just clipped uh, inadvertently by uh, by Gavin Ernstone's car as he got sideways. He tried to correct it, but uh, yeah, that was a uh, a big accident. There. That's that's really unfortunate for all those three teams. Uh, Nick Lyman's is out of the car. I yeah. should say he's out of the car, and in fact, the movement I could see in the car was one of the MR safety crew trying to kick it out of gear so that it would be easier to move. The road shagger car looking fairly forlorn. Already, track services have got the Daily Hyundai on the back of the flatbed. So all three They're drivers... Time, do they? It's incredible. No, I mean, just superb. Just superb. And our AMR safety crew, and in fact, all of... This is an exceedingly long day. I know that sounds odd to say on a weekend where we've got potentially an eight-hour race and a 12-hour race. But today, it's more than 12 hours for everybody on post and everybody who has the safety of the drivers and uh, uh, foremost in their minds. So thank you very much to our marshals, corner workers, flaggers, medical uh, and uh, hello particularly to Mike Roberts, who I know is back on the grounds. Mike goes back to the LMS days, has just stepped away from his duties on the IMSA safety team. Uh, great to know that Mike's going to be around uh, this week. And to his erstwhile colleagues still working in those safety trucks, I know you're tuning to us. Um, we always hope that you guys have the most boring of days. It's a very long day with very short breaks between them for refreshments, etc. So thank you very much indeed. I'm absolutely honoured to be an ambassador for the British Motor Racing Marshals Club and know how hard you work. I don't race very much and I've probably in uh, statistical terms for amount of races completed given Marshalls um, a rather larger coefficient of work than I should have. I'm uh, very much aware of how important those jobs are. And you donate to us the most precious gift you can, which is that of your time, as well as your enthusiasm and, and experience. So clean up going on. Yeah. And as far as what happened at the front of the field, Kenny Murillo's nicked the lead from Tom Collingwood with a superb round the outside pass at uh, turn 10 through 11 and up to 12. Lovely, lovely bit of driving. Andy McIntosh has moved forward. Jeff Mosing, Hugh Plum. Aurora Strauss, more than holding her own, sitting in fifth position. Not feeling the need to drive massively defensively, actually, in that McLaren Artura. She was no. driving her lines. And, you know, nobody says you've got to pull over. That's a pass for position. Absolutely not. Doing exactly what she needed to do. Yep. Austin McCusker. Moisiereski, Sean Quin Quinlan for the top nine. Eric Figueres at the top ten. Yes, and Eric Figueres, he's the biggest mover yeah. since the green flag. He took the took the green flag in 22nd position, as we've uh, already talked about. The, the grid positions for today were set based upon finishing positions at Daytona because yesterday's qualifying session uh, was stopped early uh, due to a couple of separate incidents. So nobody got a flying lap in. 
So therefore, we had to go back to uh, to championship positions to set the order for the grid. But Eric Fergueras charged in those first two and a half laps before the full course caution came out. And he was able to move from 22nd to 10th. That's a great move by uh, Eric Fulgaris. Yeah, and now he gets to rest his Michelin tyres a little bit. And it, everything's closed back up again in, in front of him. So he gets another go at that when we, go, when we finally get to the restart. Should just mention there's only a one entry in the Bronze Cup uh, mm. this weekend. Yeah, there's the Gary Wilson. Uh, Gary, Gary Wilson. Gary uh, Ferreira and... And uh, Chris Wilson in the Will Sport Mercedes. That's the only entry this week. We had uh, three or four at Daytona, but uh, but just the one this weekend. So uh, that's a shame not to see a few more players there. But um, yeah, we had uh, we had actually uh, four contenders at at Daytona, plus one that didn't start as well. So. Um, but unfortunately, just uh, Gary Ferreira and Chris Wilson, who won this bronze championship last season, they don't, don't have any other playmates here this weekend, so they'll get maximum points in the bronze cup. So a clean-up continuing. Um, yeah, and, and that number 15 car on the on the uh, flatbed coming back, That's uh, that, they, that team has made a, a switch from Daytona. For this season, oddly... The older DSG gearbox Audis got a, a fairly major uh, bump backward on the, on the balance performance. The cars really weren't competitive. They were two or three seconds off the pace, well, more than that, seconds off the pace at Daytona. And there haven't been any changes to it for here either. So that team was able to get its hands on one of the sequential uh, gearbox cars. Um, actually, the car that was run last year but under the number 17 trailer. Uh, and that is the number 15 car that uh, unfortunately is out of this race early. The other number 10 car, the sister car, is still the old DSG gearbox entry. Don't forget, we'll be awarding our Michelin moment of the race in the uh, in the dying moments of the race. In what, in our minds, in the broadcast team, has been the call or the moment that has uh, swayed the race. Could be strategy, could be a great overtake. Running long on fuel. Michelin moment of the race coming a little bit later on. At the moment, it's Kenny Murillo passing for the lead. No doubt about that. Oh, dear. The daily car looks very, very yeah, second-hand. The whole of the rear axle has been ripped off. The Rockwell car already back in the paddock. So just the road Chaga car to get down. Let's go down at the pit lane. Shea Adam has uh, back to Casada. Yeah, and for Michael, watching the start of this race in Aurora Strauss, doing a lot of defending out there in the McLaren, but not a lot of drive time for either of you coming into this weekend. How much are you still learning the car? Yeah, I mean, we're both basically uh, getting used to the car and using the race as our practice. Um, she's doing a fantastic job to be thrown up front with no drive time um, and handle yourself like she is. Um, nobody can ask any more of you. So, you know, I'm just hoping we can keep it clean stay in the top 10 and um, bring it home. Crucial Motorsports bringing a second car for the race this weekend. How much has that helped you guys with track time and setup? Um, well, I mean, I would say it doesn't make a difference at this point because we haven't really had any time on track, any of us. So, um, you know, I'm sure in the future it'll definitely be a, a beneficial thing, but for now it's sort of tough. 
even more impressive for what you guys are doing then. Uh, third in the championship coming into the race today. Good luck being a couple places higher by the end. Yeah, thank you. Share Adam down yeah. in the pit lane. Uh, and unlike uh, many of the teams, quite a few of them were here for the uh, for the test day uh, a, few, a couple of weeks ago or a few weeks ago. Uh, but that team wasn't... Well, the team was here, actually, but there were, there were different drivers already committed to running in that car, so they didn't get a chance to run it. And the, the, the Zitzer father and son in the second car, uh, they, had, they hadn't sat in this car before yesterday, uh, so they're both struggling. Uh, Ron, his dad, who's got a, a lot of experience, all sorts of different cars. He's done 15 Rolex 24s at Daytona over the years. So the most recent, though, was in 2014. And in fact, that was his most recent pro race as well. For his son, Eric, this is his first ever professional race. But uh, he has a lot of experience in in uh, club racing and vintage racing in a variety of Porsches. The Zitzer family, they run a, a shop up in Orlando. They've got well, scores of cars that they that they look after or or, uh, or prepare or and or run, but uh, for Eric, this is a big moment, and yeah, you know, for the father and son to be able to race together, it's a cool a cool experience for both of those two uh, two two guys. Eric is a son, and Ron Zitzer the father. It'll be Ron who who will finish the race in this number eighty five car. So it's fifty eight and eighty five, the two crucial motorsports McLarens. I think one is still a little... Ah, no, the uh, Audi is on the back of a third flatbed. I mean, not only did they get there and start working quickly, but they needed three separate flatbed wrecker trucks. The Roadshagger car, oh dear, that's bad as well. Whole of the front end's gone on that mm. car. Engine exposed, not just because the bonnet, the hood has popped up, but the whole front panel's been riffed up. Reminder that all three drivers got their way out of the car. Let's, whilst we have a moment before we go back to green, pick up some more news from down in the pit lane. Jared Thomas, GTR Racing. His car sitting in third position with his teammate Anthony McIntosh at the moment. Yeah, Jared, what a start from Anthony. What did you guys tell him before the race began to get him that fired up? Um, you know, I just told him to go to work in the... Uh, best defense is a good offense especially on a start so he uh definitely went off on the offensive there and uh was able to get us a good position where they could kind of sit sail you know how to win championships having done it in the Edimitsu Mazda MX-5 cup uh looking pretty good points wise coming into this race and now up at the head of the field so are you thinking long term yet or just about the W just about the W it's too early to think about points I learned that last year if you start stressing too early, it makes your job a lot harder. Well, hey, stay chilled out then. Uh, good luck in the race. Thank you. Shea Adam down there in the pit lane. Joe Bradley will be, in fact, has just joined her down there. Under full course caution at the moment, a three TCR collision. Big sideways slide by Gavin Ernstone. He got it back and got it pointing in roughly the right direction. Uh, kept his foot in, which is exactly what you do. Unfortunately, the Rockwell car coming up alongside, I think, just got brushed and interlocked. And then the Daily Hyundai on the inside got sideswiped by the pair of them and pitched off into driver's left. Yeah, really unfortunate, particularly for, for, for well, both of those two Everybody, behind. Yeah, yeah. 
because um, there was absolutely nothing they could do. So Jacob Daly tightened the design up as much as he possibly could there, but even then he got sideswept by uh, Gavin Ernson, who at that stage was completely out of control, just trying to hang on to it. And uh, and then Nick Lomas was caught up in it as well. So, yeah, a lot of damage to all those three cars, uh, which is uh, which is just a really unfortunate way to yeah. start this race. Nick Lomas, Gavin Ernston, Jacob Daly, all seen out of their cars. All three of the teams have given Shea Adam a thumbs up in terms of the condition of their drivers. Now, obviously, the, after an incident like that, they'll go to the medical centre on site here and get a full check over. Nothing left to chance when it comes to safety and health. The pit lane closed lights have gone off. Yeah, the safety car is pulling in. Oh, the lights okay. are out. We have had in. then uh, some 13 minutes of this race, uh, 22 minutes, coming up to 23 minutes of the race. So that's w over half now of minimum drive time. 40, 40 minutes is the minimum drive time. We're under the control now of Kenny Marillo in the copper metallic coloured AMG, he gets his foot down, accelerates past the global broadcast booth, gets a great, great run away. McIntosh right on the BGB Porsche and pulls around the outside into turn one. The BGB Porsche and Tom Collingwood went really defensive early. And then McIntosh using his skills there. That was brilliant stuff. He just left him there and let him tighten up the corner. Through into second then for McIntosh. BGB into third. Honda, one of the Elliott Honda World cars into the pit lane. That was Will Talley in the number 73. Also looked like Jeff Mosing was looking racy as well on Tom Collingwood. Hugh Plum has gone past Aurora Strauss. Splash of fuel for Will Talley. That's interesting in the pit lane. OK, well, that's a car that uh, is it's a fast car, and uh, they had a good run to second place in the first race at Daytona. They had problems yesterday in qualifying with that car. It was a brake system issue, so they didn't get a flying lap. That's why they had to start at the back. By coming in now and getting a splash of fuel... Oh, conflagration uh -oh. at turn seven. It's another one of the... Is that the MIA McLaren? It is the Mia McLaren, the number 69 car, and... The Mercedes AMG is the Skillisoft number 11 car, oh. Gary Ferreira, the Will Sports car. And there's damage to both of them, but they are moving and we've stayed green. Now, what happened there? Down into the usual kerfuffle, down at turn number seven. Oh. And uh, it was the 57 that started all of that. Uh, that in the hands of Bryce Ward, Windward Racing. He was amongst that, at least. Mm, like Toyota was in there as well. So was it uh, Bryce that started it? There was certainly three or four cars that uh, were doing a little bit of rubbing and the Winwood 57 is stopped at the side of the track. I thought it had damage, so this might well bring out another visit. Pits have closed again. So we've gone full course yellow, broken steering for Bryce Ward in the Winwood 57. Damage to the right front steer, well, right front steering arm, because obviously you have right rear steering arms as well. But you know what? I mean? <laughs> of course you don't. And some cars have rear steer, of course. It was an option that I issued on my recent purchase. 
Well, a year ago now, but actually coming up to my year's anniversary with the new car. Dude, so this is a mess, isn't it? It is a bit of a mess, Jeremy. It is a no. bit um, staccato. Yeah. Um, it's good news for anybody who just wants to do their 40 minutes because they're not losing time. Hugh Plum did make up a position on the restart. Got the Aston ahead of the McLaren of Aurora Strauss. So that's good news. I like the Will Tally strategy. They banged a hole and uh, topped up the fuel. Yeah. And this is this is great for them because this has closed the field up again. So they're on the back. They, you know, anybody who's on the back of the line here, you'd think once the pits are open that they might whiz around. Now, question is for me, and Shea Adam might know the answer to this, Shea. Yes. Do you think they'll open the pits here? Yes. Yeah. They have to because uh, we're coming off the back of another yellow, which means that even though the first one was within the window, this one was within five minutes of the last pit uh, caution. In effect, we didn't have the pits open, so that means that the pits will open for this next yellow sequence, and there are a lot of teams that are getting ready to service their cars. The most interesting one to me so far that I'm seeing, 56 Marilla Racing. Jeff Mosing, who's already done one race today, he's in this one right now, and he's got another one coming up later on. He's going to be making a trip down the pit lane, and it looks like they might just give him some sticker tires. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, race Control telling us the incident uh, between the two cars, uh, number 69 and yeah, 11. Yeah, I think it was 11 got into the back of the 69, and the 57 was sort of ah, tucked just in got behind. Tucked him. in behind. Yeah. That's uh, bad luck for Bryce. He just couldn't uh, get out of the way. And gets two hits, actually. Oh, was it? Mm. Let's go down to Joe Bradley whilst we've got a bit of time. And he's with Daniel Morad. These two-hour races, I mean, quite obvious, not like a four-hour race. But what I mean is, it's quite frantic out there. You haven't got the time to wait. You've got to go for those gaps. And that's kind of what we're seeing here. Yeah, I mean, I uh, to be honest, I haven't really participated in a uh, Michelin Pilot Challenge race uh, yet. Daytona was unfortunate. We had an issue with the braking system. And uh, here, it's just bad luck. I mean... You're it, then. You're the... You're the, you're the yeah, I, I think I might be the problem. I, I might, I'm going to leave now. I'll go back to Canada. Um, no, you know what? I'm going to go to Disney first. But, um, yeah, it's just... It's just the way it is, right? Like you said, it's frantic, right? People are trying to make up positions. We, we qualified based on championship position, which was all skewed anyway because we only had one round of the series. And a lot of impatience. So, I mean, it's just unfortunate. A lot of wrecked cars out there. Did you get any kind of communication from Bryce in the car? No expletives, of course. Yeah, I mean, just the steering rack broke. He, um, I didn't quite see... Yeah, there was initial hit contact, and then the steering rack broke. So, um, yeah, just let go on him there. And the other thing about the shorter race, you know, if it was a four-hour race, it'd be worth getting the car back, banging another state, or whatever, try and rectify it. But with two hours, it's kind of gone now, isn't it? Yeah, it's unfortunate. I mean, even just to change a steering rack, it takes way too long. So... Um, sometimes luck falls in your hands and sometimes it doesn't. So, I mean, our heads are still high and we still have another uh, program to go. The Windward guys are going to switch over, focus to the, uh, the GT3 program, and I'll stick around to support the guys. You, your look is going to have to change, Daniel. It's just against all odds, really. It's going to change for next time out. Bad luck again. Yeah, I mean, things have gone well and things, you know, sometimes go bad. But I'm going to keep my head up. I'm positive. We're doing something we love to do. And, I mean, sometimes you have a good day and sometimes you have a bad day. Thanks, mate. Thank you. Joe Bradley down at Winward. 
And that one of the cars that is not coming out. Uh, pits are open. And we have got some takers. Shit, Adam is down at the GS end of things. I'm kind of surprised for him to come in uh, for this GS pit stop window only. We've got the 46. That is the Plum Team TGM version. Uh, that is Hugh staying aboard. Both of the Turner Motorsport BMW M4 G82s are in. It's fuel only for the 95 and fuel and rear tires for the 96. Fuel only for the Vanderster Racing Aston Martin number 19. And the 85, which is the second of the crucial McLaren task event. That tells me that they are getting their stop out of the way so that when Aurora Strauss is ready to come in, it will be a clear stop. Joe Bradley. I'm completely disconnected from the over. The, I'm trying to find my way over the pit here and I'm the other side, John, so I'm sorry. I'm okay, no good. No worries. Uh, we'll get back to Joe in a moment. So I think more important than who stopped there for the moment is who didn't. Our leader, Kenny Murillo didn't. Anthony McIntosh in second now didn't. Jeff Mosing didn't. 72-23-56 staying out. Tom Collingwood, the pole sitter in the bright green BGB Porsche, did not stop. Aurora Strauss did not stop. So she's back up to fifth position. Eric Figueres for RS1 has stayed out. Moisey Oreski has stayed out. Sean Quinlan have stayed out. So that's a top eight. Hugh Plum came in from fifth position by right. far. The highest placed stopper there. And seventh came in as so well. So that was fuel and tyres. And Austin McCusker came in from what, seventh-ish, yep. uh, yep. Jeremy? Yeah. Um, and then from the, the next one was the 12th, 12th and 13th place cars. Both came in 25 and 95. Uh, so the, the number 46 car came in. One would, one would have thought that uh, Team TGM would have liked to bring in both cars uh, at the same time, the number 64 car, with... Uh, uh, Ted Giovanni is driving that car at the moment, but they only have one, one pit crew down there, so they, they don't want to double stack the cars. Uh, and so uh, Ted has stayed out, and he'll possibly be in next time around. But he'd already dropped to the back of the pack. He started uh, up in the 13th position, but already mm. dropped to the back. Still haven't had a bit of a drive time yet, Jeremy, so the, Correct. I don't, don't think they'll... So that they'll wait. Yeah, we're now where are we? an hour and 29 to go. What was an hour and... Uh, Sheer Adam, an interesting uh, difference in opinion of, of strategy there between fuel and tyres and just fuel from some of those stoppers. Yes, and it was fuel and tyres from the number 46 Team TGM. They were the only car that I saw to do all that service. Vanderster Racing, in comparison, when Austin McCusker came in, they did fuel only for their Aston Martin. And then the rear tyres for the 96 Turner Motorsport BMW. That's the interesting one to keep an eye on. Uh, or was it the 95? No, I think it was the 96. They did the rear tyres only, meaning that when they come in to do their driver change, they can change the fronts and get it refueled a little bit quicker and perhaps jump some people on that stop. I I, I hesitate to, to start guessing, but I can only presume that they're going to lengthen the stint for Hugh Plum. Uh, uh, Hugh is a very, very competent driver indeed. So he's basically now going to run that car if nothing else changes, which in this race is highly unlikely. I accept that. But if nothing else changes, he'll run that car to the end of its fuel and it'll be one more stop uh, to go. And it'll be a relatively short stint as well at the, the end for that car, Jeremy. Probably. Uh, and they might well bring in number 64 car, 
um, right as we go back to green, we still haven't completed the minimum drive time, which yes. both drivers in the cars so 40 minutes. Cars have to do, which is yeah. 40 minutes. Yeah, so he needs to come in before four, there's 40 minutes to go, basically, and he should be able yeah, but to get that. But for the 64 car, that'll come in as soon as 40 minutes is up. Correct. And then hand that over to Owen Trinkler, and he will stay in for the rest TCR, of the minutes. TCR have come in. Joe Bradley. Yeah, I'm with the 17 Audi, and that's uh, looking like tyres going on the front. I'll wait just a moment to see if they're going to change tyres on the rear. Fielding going in. Fielding's already completed. And, of course, five wheel studs to undo, and the right-hand one is being a bit awkward for the wheelman. It looks like just front tyres, though, for the 17. Flings his wheel gun at me. Trapped it. You would have been proud of that trap, just like a football, John. Uh, they're really, really losing time here on the right front. Front tire change for our leader coming in, the number 37 Honda, Matt Pombo. Front tires for both the 98 and the number one, Brian Herta, Hottesport, Elantras. No tire change for the mighty Alpha, and they leave the pit lane second to the Honda. But now it's looking like a stroke of genius by bringing in Dr. Will Talley in the 73 Honda, giving him just a little bit more fuel and sending him out. Unfortunately, all the chasing cars have new rubber. Yeah, but it's, that's, that's not important right now. I think the... Um, I think track position's really, really interesting. So Alex Filsinger, Motorsports in Action, the Mia uh, um, McLaren, and that incident down at Turn 7 with Gary Ferreira for World Sports, that is being looked at and is under review. So... Still under full course yellow. The second uh, Michelin moment of the race then was some of those tricky little stops. Maybe the turning point. We'll find out in about an hour and a half's time. Just under. Shea Adam and Joe Bradley down there in the pits. Jeremy Sean, John Hindoff in the global broadcast booth overlooking the start-finish line. Thank you for joining us. If you're here at the track, 100.9 FM around the world on RS2, IMSA Radio, splitting our coverage between RS2 and RS1, this Super Sebring. All the IMSA content on RS2, that will include in and later on this evening, the darkness practice sessions into the toilet light. Nighttime practice at Sebring. Yes, yes, yes. There's nothing about that that I don't like the sound of. First time we'll have seen the new GTPs over the bumps in the dark. And, of course, our FIA World Endurance Championship coverage is on RS1, as it is for the whole of the season. And we'll have qualifying for that for you coming up later on this afternoon. So we are now this time around, we are three minutes shy of minimum drive time. And another safety car lap is going to be around about four minutes. So question for Shea Adam, are you allowed to follow the safety car into the pit lane? Yes, yes, you are. Okay. And there are many teams that are planning to do that, John. So perhaps we're going to see some of that pay off as well. And I bet you those teams are hoping that we go to another yellow, whereas everybody else hopes we stay green for a little while. 
Well, th there's an awful lot of cars at the front of the field who have not yet stopped. And you would expect, as we're commencing the GS class split, which means all the GS cars come back to the front. So that's good news for the people who did stop. But effectively, we've got 15, yeah, 15 cars, I reckon, Jeremy, that didn't stop at all uh, in either of those two yellow flag periods. In GS, yes. In GS. And I, I don't know, if you're Kenny Murillo, do you do a couple of laps, try and clear off at the front of the field? Yeah, no, I mean, Kenny's pretty quick. So I, I, I would, he may well stay out there. I, I would certainly expect Tom Collingwood to come in. Uh, and uh, for sure, uh, Sean Quinlan as well, Anton Diaz Pereira for sure, uh, probably Garrett Adams, definitely Ted Giovannis. Um, and uh, of the rest, yeah, some will, some won't. Bob McKaylee might well be in car number 59. Did he come? Oh, he's already made a stop, yeah. so he'll probably come in and hand over that car to Luca Mars for the second part of the race, even though uh, he's only done a few laps of green. I don't know, he might well stay out for a little bit. But for sure, I would suggest uh, Tom Collingwood uh, will be uh, perhaps the farthest up the field to come in right now. Not to say that others won't, because uh, <laughs> it's it's you know, it's a gamble at this stage. And we've we've only had two and a half laps of green flag racing, unfortunately, so far, which is really disappointing. The first forty minutes and uh, virtually no proper racing. Indeed, so. And yet there are still people who have made up positions. Well done then. <laughs> well done then. Eric Filgueras, uh, notable among that. Remember, the grid was set not from a qualifying session. We didn't get... That's been quite untidy in the GS class all week, hasn't it, really, when you think about it? We didn't get any meaningful running combination of uh, people falling off and uh, bad weather during the qualifying you wouldn't think it was the same week. wouldn't think it was the same season, actually, from what we had earlier on in the week. So Joe Bradley telling me that at his end of the pit lane, the random vandals number 92 team are ready for... A pit stop. The lights are out on the very, very attractive blue Cadillac V-Series safety car, which accelerates away using all of its not inconsiderable power and torque. And a bit of weaving side to side from Kenny Marillo. That's all right. He's allowed to do that. Although I have to say I much prefer the Australian rules where as soon as the safety car lights go out, you cannot overlap and you cannot Weave through the final corner then with, oh, we are inside. We have done 40 minutes, 40 and a half minutes. So if you want to change your driver, minimum drive time has been accomplished. The leader, Kenny Marillo, stays out. But for how long? Down the inside at turn one, BGB and Aurora Strauss trying to go around the outside of that car. Tom Collingwood, that's a very interesting battle indeed. Strauss gets the best of that, I reckon, and goes up into fourth place. Yeah, great restart from Aurora Strauss in the Artura from McLaren. In TCR, again, a slightly split 
Brian Ortiz from Gotsaka from Steve Ike in the Hart Honda and then Victor Gonzalez racing. That's right. Uh, Brian Ortiz, he took the lead uh, from the pole-sitting car uh, right before that second full-course caution. So he stayed out in front. The Honda that had been leading did come in to the pits during that uh, most recent stop. But the only two cars to come in as we went back to green were indeed Ted Giovannis and Paul Sparta, number 64 and 92. So they oh. will make their driver changes now. Uh, two penalties coming in. First of all, for the number 39. Yes, it is the number 39. Uh, and that is going to be a drive-through, a column pass, it says here. So that was obviously on the lineup. Wrong starting driver. How did that manage to happen? And of course, we haven't had that much green flag, as Jeremy rightly said. So that's going to take the 14 down the pit lane. 1-4. And running the red light, and that's a stop at 30, by the way. Running the red light, a pit exit, Austin McCusker for Van der Stur Racing. That'll be a stop and 60. So those are some very, very costly penalties. 14 wrong starting driver, Thiago Camillo in the Ave Motorsports Toyota. Rather than Alfredo Nadri, who I think went out for qualifying Correct. yesterday. And the other one I mentioned, what did I say? It was the 39, Sean McAllister, the car barn car. A column pass. So all of those cars down pit lane. And we have variously a drive-through, a stop and 30, and a stop and pit, uh, 50. Now, Kenton Cook has taken over uh, the his car, the number 92. Oh, spin at turn one for the BMW number 25. That's JC DeBetz. And... Gets a pointing in the right direction quickly enough. So let's see if he was helped or whether he tipped himself into it. Kenny Marillo from Anthony McIntosh and Jeff Morsing. That's your top three separated by two seconds. JC DeBetz. Ooh, well, the Camaro was close. Ted, uh, Frank DePew, excuse me. But I'm not sure I saw any contact there. I expect to see Frank DePew in the pit lane very shortly. Yeah. The number 25 car had made a pit stop. That's why it's farther down the order there. He'd, he'd been one of those cars. In fact, he was the, uh, the third placed, third highest placed cars on the lead lap that did come in during that first caution period. A GS In the GS field, I should say. Because we're all on the lead lap at that stage. Hi, hi, Paul. Uh, you guys just missed out on that yellow going coming in early, didn't you? The safety car. Was it always the plan for you to do the minimum drive? That was actually planned for us. I mean, our intention. Oh, really? Yes, our, our intention was to uh, get the driver change done. If we get another yellow, we're going to catch back up again. So that was intentional on our part to uh, to do this double pit there. So that would that was ideal for you. That yellow car, uh, that yellow, uh, the safety car coming in, the '92 uh, BMW uh, was well time for that stop yes that's it that's exactly what we're planning so we had to start in the back and roll the dice a little bit so that's the what that's what we decided to do and i think we got kenton in the car now so we'll see what we can do so how much do you have to pay the officials for that happen well done paul paul sparta there he's the driver that brought the 92 um, the, the random vandals you like that team. Don't you? i do that i want to know what it means well you should ask him well, ask him. he's the man uh, yeah he is the man <laughs> 
Paul Sparta then out of the Random Vandals 92 BMW. Meantime, um, three wide for a moment into turn number one. At the head of the field, though, Kenny Marillo is pulling away 2.8 seconds. So he's got the hammer down. That suggests to me that he's trying to build up a bit of a gap before they come in for their stop. The best of the cars that have stopped is Robert McGuinness in Turner Motorsports, number 95. Why does that not surprise me? He is up to ninth position last time around. Oh, and a problem for the BMW of Stephen Cameron racing, the 43 car. That car off the circuit at turn four into five has rejoined. I was looking at the... Uh, I was looking at the tyres to see if he'd done any damage. I don't think they have. Now, again, in traffic, Camaro's there again. Was there a tiny little touch? I don't think there was, actually. Again. Oh, there yes, there was. There. <laughs> there wasn't when I was expecting it. There was a uh, turn number, exit of turn number five. So Frank Depew getting his elbows out. Around the outside pass being attempted there by the BMW, number 43. Now being bumped down the order just a little bit. Who's in that car, Jeremy? Was it Sean Quinlan? Yes, it was. So that was the battle for 11th and 12th there. Time to get Frank in, I think. A little bit of uh, damage yes. on the Rockwell Audi coming down to... The remaining Rockwell Audi coming down to turn 17. Actually, it's a bit of the wrap which is uh, flapping around on that car. Remember, we lost three TCRs early in a big crash at turn one. Oh, and Aurora Strauss just moving across into the Ford Mustang of Jensen Altman as she was having a battle for fifth position. Altman's gone through and following him through the Aston Martin, I think, there of Moitzi Oretzky. Yes, it is. So Aurora Strauss, having been holding her own in the top five, just dropped a couple of three places, now sits in eighth in the Artura. A lot of people dropping Michelin tyres onto the dirt here. That shows you how hard they are pushing. No one pushing harder than Kenny Marillo at the moment. He stretched his lead yeah. to four seconds. His gap... Back to Robert McGuinness, who's the first car that hasn't stopped, is only 12 seconds. So there's no chance of him getting in and out, making the pit stop. That's not what they're going for now. I think if he stayed out this long now, Jeremy, he's going to try and just push on to as close to making this a one-stop race as he possibly can. Lots of yellow earlier on, and we're 11 minutes away from half distance. We know that the TCRs can... We, we know that the TCRs can do an hour. What are we reckoning for the GSs? About 45 minutes? Yeah, 45, 50 minutes. Um, and, um, you know, finally now we've got, what, three, three and a half laps in of green and a good uh, fastest lap last time around for Kenny Marilla with 211.3. Uh, there's only a few cars actually in the 212s. Uh, so he's pulling away quite rapidly. 4.1 seconds was his gap last time around. Uh, and Anthony McIntosh ch ch chasing gamely in another Mercedes for JTR 
motorsports engineering behind him. And now Eric Fulgaris has just, just got past uh, Jeff Mosing up into third place then for the Porsche, car number 28. It's a nice run by Jensen Altman. First season in this championship. A decent race at Daytona for McCombe McAleer Racing. Certainly he is adapting to the GT4. Comes out of a couple of se seasons of Idemitsu Mazda MX-5. Running in P5 at the moment as he goes across the line with Robert McGuinness now right in behind him. That is the first of the cars that has stopped. This is great from Turner Motorsport. Now let's hope for some green flag. I want to see this strategy play out now, Jeremy, as we get deeper into the race because we are seeing very different strategies. McGuinness took rear tyres only on that BMW M4. I'm really interested to see the strategies play out as we get into this race. In TCR, Brian Ortiz for Van der Stur Racing in the Hyundai Elantra number 91. That's a car with a bit of provenance. Has been a B. Brian Herter Autosport BHA car for the past couple of seasons, ran as the number one and the number two in various seasons. He's got the 33 of Brian Herter Motorsport. Harry Gottsacker right in behind him in the works-coloured Hyundai Elantra. Then the first of the Hondas, the number 37, LA Honda World, Matt Pombo. They're going through the hairpin at turn seven now. Steve Ike is about a second further back in the red, white and black heart, number 89 Honda. Then Victor Gonzalez for VGRT. Who started engine, at the back. Engine change for that car yep. coming into uh, this race week. They had a failure, or at least they weren't happy with something. The car stopped out of the circuit. He did get it back, and then they missed qualifying whilst they were fitting a brand new two-litre twin cam. Uh, behind that, it's Will Talley, Dr. Will Talley, in the 73 car, and he has made a pit stop, as is Matt Pombo, I should say, by the way. Matt Pombo did come through the pit lane in that and, 37. And Robbie Foley, in 96 BMW, that's, uh, that car uh, has made a stop. Uh, it's actually made two stops. And he's just set the fastest, not only has he just set the fastest lap of the race, at uh, 2 minutes 10.3. Uh, there's also a new lap record. Uh, Robin Liddell held the old standard at 2 minutes 10.9. The fastest lap last year was a 2.11.1, but a 2.10.378 for Robbie Foley in Calumet 96. A long way down the order at the moment, but uh, there's a long way to go also in this race. The good thing for Robbie Foley is he has new right side tires as they put those on when Vin Barletta did come in for the pit stop. And for the two Hondas, Dr. Will Talley was fuel only, but the 37 Matt Pombo, those were new front tires. So LA Honda World also splitting their strategy as into the pit lane finally comes Frank DePew. And yes, 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 we are going to get, uh, no, we're not. Actually, I take that back. He did not stop in his box. He's serving a drive through Was there a penalty, John? Yeah, yeah, incident with uh, the number 43, Steve Cameron Racing BMW. And I think that's reasonably... That's such a shame, actually, because he done well and the, the, the yellows had fallen for him. Good battle coming out of turn eight to nine at the moment. This is Ford versus BMW. And that is Jensen Altman for McCombie McAleer Racing in the white with grey stripes. Ford going into turn 10. Robert McGuinness sticks the nose of the turn of BMW up the inside. There's a bit of a crossover, but they can't. he can't make that one stick. Jensen takes back the racing line as he comes through the twisty. Oh, that was very nice driving by McGuinness. Gets to the inside, which is the right-hand side for Tower Turn. 
And in all fairness, Jensen did not make that too difficult for him. Could have shut the door there, but that was a, that would have been a pretty dangerous manoeuvre. And they are on absolutely opposite strategies at the moment. McGuinness has made a pit stop and will go deep into the race where, as young Jensen Altman, he'll be running to the fuel in that car before he's told to bring it in to the pit lane. I, I would think they would want him, if he can, to get probably another 10 minutes out of that car, maybe 15. If he can soft pedal that car, it'll be one more stop for them as well. Yeah, should be no problem. They should be able to, he'll, he'll need another 15, I reckon, John. Uh, 15 minutes, so another seven, seven laps possibly before he comes in. And I think you're right. I think he should be able to get to the end from there. So that's the stretch. For those that haven't made that uh, first stop now in GS, I think that'll be their strategy. Stay out until they can hopefully make it from one more pit stop with that just one pit stop during the race. Hello to I'm you sure if you are just joining us. Just a bit of housekeeping here. Uh, in 90, in 2021, you'll remember the number 71 Camaro won with uh, a single pit stop with a lot of soft pedal fuel saving from Robin Liddell. The Camaro, along with one or two of the other cars, has had the fuel tank capacity reduced. So I'm hearing from the team, thank you, Declan, that that even without the uh, uh, intervention of the safety car, that would have been very difficult this year. Now, OK, there's been a lot of safety car, in all fairness. More passing at Tower Turn. This time, it's the number 28 Porsche that goes by the number 23 Porsche. So that was a battle for second position. Uh, it goes past the 23 Mercedes, excuse me. So Eric Filgueras, who started way back, has just dealt with the Mercedes of JTR and immediately pulls out a gap. So Figueras here, Jeremy, being given the hurry up and trying to close the gap down, the seven seconds gap, back to Kenny Marillo, who leads the class at the moment. Yeah, but uh, yeah, and he's turning some quick laps. But Kenny Marillo just turned his best lap last time around. Two minutes, 10.5. Again, really good lap there. Uh, Robbie Foley just set a new lap record a couple of laps before the 10.3. So a 10.5 is a really good effort from Kenny Marillo. And see now what sort of lap times Eric Filgueros can do. Last time around, it was a 2.11.3. That was when he was closing up on Anthony McIntosh for second place. I'm impressed with McIntosh, actually. I think he's taken to this rather well, Jeremy. I agree. He's done a really good job. Uh, and, uh, you know, considering his relative lack of experience with most, most of these uh, contenders out there, he's done a, an excellent job, uh, has Anthony. Just uh, hugely enthusiastic about his racing. He had uh, some, some health issues a few years ago, after which he d- determined, hey, look, life's for living. And, and he'd always wanted to be a, to, to do some racing, and that's exactly what he's doing right now. He's r- running a couple of different series. He's still racing, and he, he limits to uh, Mazda MX-5 Cup as well, isn't he? So getting a lot of seat time and taking advantage of that experience. Yeah, as is his teammate, Jared Thomas, the JT of JTR. Yep. And uh, spent his $250,000 prize money very wisely. And did Jared, and has helped them build a very decent business, running six Edermitsu Mazda MX-5s 
in the championship this year and uh, a limited programme, not a full season as far as we're aware so far in GT4 here in the IMSA Mission and Pilot Challenge. All part of the IMSA family, all part of the IMSA way. Now, some lappery going on now, Jeremy, as the uh, uh, TCRs are being caught by, theoretically, the faster GT4s or GSs. But the TCRs are fairly nimble, particularly through the twisty stuff. It's not always cut and dried to get through. True that. And uh, there's going to be some interesting battles there as these uh, the cars, that might, you know, the, as you say, the GS Ooh, cars are the faster. That was a pass for the lead in... Uh, in the TCR category, excuse me, Jerry, like, sorry for that. that. No, you're right. Um, as the Stephen Cameron BMW came through, that was the opportunity that uh, Harry Gottsacker was looking for, and he's nipped by Brian Ortiz. Matt Pombo sitting, sitting right in with them. Uh, so that was Sean Quinlan, actually a pass for position because he'd got behind those cars. So that wasn't Lappery, my apologies, but it was a quicker car coming through. And that was the opportunity for the Hyundai to come around the right-hand side following the BMW. Maybe a little bit of draft there. Pombo tries down the inside as well, but discretion the better part of Valor going into turn 10. He drops back into third position. But certainly the BMW coming down the inside of Brian Ortiz at turn number seven. And Ortiz just getting onto the dirt. Maybe just spinning up the... Michelin's on the front there. That was the opportunity for the then second place, Harry Gutsacker in the Hyundai to get down the inside. Following, as I say, the hole made by the BMW. So new TCR leader there. And it's Brian Hurt at Autosport. And now Matt Pombo tries his look on the Van der Stur Racing. Blue and white. It looks completely different in the Van der Stur racing, those new Van der Stur racing colours. The blue and white and the chevrons on that car. It is sharp, isn't it? It matches, mm. matches the number 19 Aston that's running in the GS class yeah. uh, for that team as well. Austin McCusker, I think, had some problems early on. He had a, a penalty uh, and he'll be sharing that car with, the, uh, with Rory Van der Stur. A couple of changes farther down the order. Aurora Strauss, she's uh, been... Uh, finally been, been overtaken by Anton Diaz Pereira, who's having one of his best runs mm. in that Lone Star Racing car number 27. That's a Mercedes. Anton just up into eighth position now. Long, long way back from uh, Moise Uretsky in seventh, but he's now ahead of that whole string of cars that have been held up by Aurora Strauss. Tom Collingwood in there as well. Hugh Plum, um, little little ways back, a couple of seconds back. I'm surprised that he hasn't put a bit more pressure on that little group in front of him. And then John Capestro de Betts making up for that spin a little while ago. Yeah, he's got about two seconds between himself and Thomas Collingwood in the BGP Motorsports car. I remember that was the pole-sitting car, that green Porsche. And that's the... And that hasn't stopped yet. Um, also, just looking further down after that drive-through. Um, that's dropped Frank Depew from battling for 11th place down to 20th. The Team TGM number 64 has been in the pits and changed. Owen Trinkler then. Uh, now, has he lost the lead lap there? Is he right on the end of the lead lap in the number 64 car? Try and work that one out from where he is when he comes across the line here. Yeah, Keep an eye on that car coming through. 
Yeah, he's dropped the lap, hasn't he? Yeah, but Robbie yeah. Foley hasn't. Robbie Foley is on the lead lap. He's in 31st position, uh, a, long, a, a long way back, but I think he's, he, he is still on the lead lap, and that's the car that set the fastest lap of the race. Jeremy Shaw and John Hindoff in the booth. Nice to have your company wherever you are. Changed for fourth position last time around. Robert McGuinness getting past Jeff Mosing. So number 95 BMW ahead of the Mosing Mercedes. And then not too far behind them is Jason Altsman in that Ford. Best of the Fords, car number 13. Moisey Retsky hanging with him very nicely indeed. And then that long gap back to Anton Diaz Pereira in car number 27, just ahead of Aurora Strauss's number 58 McLaren. Pit stop for one of the Hyundais, which has come in. That's Harry Gottsacker, who was yeah. leading the category. Oh, and a big, big problem for the Hart Honda. Oops. Uh, is the up. Well, is, is, it a, is it an engine problem or is it a right front puncture? I think oh. it is an engine problem down at turn seven. Oh, or is it the fire the, extinguisher? It could, it could be the fire extinguisher has gone off inside. This will be a full course yellow. So, brilliant timing for Gottsacker. He's in the pits at the moment. He'll complete his pit stop and get back out onto the back of the line. Well, what rotten look here for the number 89 Hart car down at turn seven. Ah, they are such a hard-working team. Remember, this is done in their off hours from the Honda plant at Maryville so battling with the front running cars if they were going through traffic I think he's going to get a clip here that's going to do some damage Victor Gonzalez racing was there the second Rockwell car was in there as well there was just a little tap and with the Victor Gonzalez racing car, and I think that's done some suspension damage, and that was what we saw, the rub, the rubbing on either the right front, or the, oh, no, 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 there's definitely some... That's the LA Honda car, isn't oh, it? That that's was the, the LA Honda car, excuse me. It, it wasn't the uh, Victor Gonzalez car, it was the LA Honda car. So what is that smoke? I can't smell. It's tyres. It's it's rear. It's a rear or a front right tyre, and that was that must have been banged into where it was the slightest of touches. Yeah, the the right front wheel and tyre. I don't think was turning there. There was the oh. slightest of touches. Well, it was a fairly stout. Yeah, it's pretty. Hard Everybody hard was contest. trying to avoid the Rockwell car that had gone off. No, they were, that was behind them. I think wasn't it. Good news is that uh, together, didn't they? Good news is that Steve Ike is out of the car, but that I'm afraid is going to be the end of the day. And confirmed that it was well the, ahead of him. There was contact definitely between Matt Pombo and yeah. another car, which I think was the Eric Rockwell-driven Rockwell number ten car, and that might have just precipitated all of that. 37 in contact with the right hand side of the 89 Hart car 
and it's broken something. The right rear wheel doesn't look to be pointing the right direction. Maybe broken the rear axle on that car. So for the third time, so originally this it was Pombo with stout contact on the Rockwell car that was going a lap down. Opportunity for Steve Ike to take the position as he tries to drive up. The Rockwell car is behind. Jeremy was right on that. And he he gets the Victor Gonzalez elbow as well. The LA Honda World car. Well, it, it seemed to slow coming off yes, the corner, didn't yes. it? I, I think the, the, the exit of that corner tightens. And I think he was offline. And he ha maybe had to lift or go off the track. Yeah, but I don't whatever, know. Well, whatever it was, I think uh, took... Uh, Steve Ike there by surprise, yeah. and he 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 certainly wouldn't have wanted to to hit the uh, the tail of the other Honda, uh, but um, you know they, they seem to be going into the, into the corner, you know, half a car between them, reason you know reasonable mm -hmm. length between them, but all of a sudden that gap diminished, and uh, one Honda ran into the back of the other. Share Adam down in the pit lane. You ready for some GS pit stops? Oh, I'm so ready for this, and I love the camaraderie up on the pit wall. We've got uh, Cameron Lawrence, who just waved to say hello as he waits to get into the number 95 Turner Motorsport BMW. And climbing up onto the wall, Stephen McAleer looking and waving down the pit lane to Chad McCombie, his co-team owner, a few boxes down, and the guy who won this race one year ago, who will be jumping aboard the McCombie McAleer Racing Ford Mustang. So we are in for a serious treat for the end of this race. And now, the cars are headed down the lane, led by Kenny Marillo, who will be jumping out of that Mercedes, handing over to Christian Simchek. And the second car, Eric Fulgueras, excellent job by him, jumping up from 22nd position to second when the RS1 Porsche hits its marks. Cars peeling past me as they head up towards here. I've got the uh, I've got the Mustang, the number 13 Mustang, coming right in front of me. And this is, of course, this is now a race to the flag, isn't it? It's all important. All of these, all of these cars coming in together, and this is where you can make places. This is what makes it a team sport because the crew can really have an effect out there on track by doing this job clean. This can have an effect, and right now that's what looks like it's happening. Four tires and fuel for every GS car on this end of the pit lane. Joe, you're right. It's going to be a dogfight to the checkered flag as we've got driver changes up and down. And finally, Robin Liddell will be jumping in the Chevy Camaro. The first car out and away, Cameron Lawrence, two-time Trans Am champion, a guy who knows how to win here at Sebring. He is clear and gone. Remember, they changed the rear tires on that car before, so they had to change the fronts and give it some fuel. Robin Foley now has four new tires, having gotten two new Michelins on his last stop. Second car back down off the lane, though, is Kristen Simchek from that Mercedes that came in from the lead. Then we have the other Marilla Racing Mercedes. That's Eric Voss, free agent next year for anybody who might just be interested in Silver Driver. Then the crucial motorsport McLaren, Aurora Strauss handing over to Michael DeCasada. And then the RS1 Porsche of Stephen McLaren. Uh, quite, quite the tragedy down here for the McCubbin McLaren Racing with Aerosport Mustang. The number 13 I described as everything going so well. I'm on a, I'm on a carpet of of wheel nuts here, by the way. Um, what happened was the car, the, the, the pit stop was finished. The car went down off the jacks, and then the left rear guy, he waved his hands in the air. Get the car back up on the jacks, he shouted. The car had to go back up on the jacks. It's actually left the pit lane in dead last position.
And the last car off the pit lane is the number 64. No, sorry, there is still the 85, the Crucial Motorsport McLaren with the other car. But the 64, Team TGM, that is Owen Trankler, who was the last car doing service for four new tires that we expect to see in the full season of the championship. He now goes back out to catch up with the safety car train as we anticipate a slew of stops from the TCR competitors. It should move Robbie Wickens into the lead of the race in that 33 BHA Hyundai because he did come into the pits right before the caution came out, but everybody else owes us a driver change. Thank you, Shit. And the pits will open next time round for TCR. We're coming down to 50, five zero minutes to go. The clear-up is almost complete down at turn seven. The luckless Hart Honda on the back of the flatbed, but still the pit stops for TCR. And they will be able to go from here, Jeremy, no doubt at all. No doubt at all. In fact, you know, the number 33 car, they came in just after the hour mark uh, and would have been confident to get to the end from there in any case. But th So they didn't, don't need to come in now. Everybody else pretty much does in TCR. So that will the number 33 car will go for last to first in TCR. Uh, and in the meantime, we'll have to wait and see when the, where the cars come around uh, to uh, to complete this 24th lap in the race. But I think that the GS cars should be able to get to the end from, from here, here because it's going to be a while yet before we go back to green. Just a point on that TCR. Harry Gutzak had just taken the lead yes. before he pitted. The lap before. So, so he you know ha he had le he led the race. Yep. He, he came in for what he was expecting to be a green flag stop and mayhem ensued behind him. I, I'm, unless he'd seen that, happening behind no, I, I, I think can't he was already imagine. in no, I, I think, think he was already, he was already in, in. Yeah. yeah and they, they were past the hour mark in the race so I think you know that as I say they would have been confident to get oh yes he to, must to have come in ahead of them of course yeah, correct so yeah. they'd gone around yeah uh, so he, he so you know they they were thinking to themselves we'll make this our one and only stop yeah and this might have worked even better than they could have hoped for all right Shea Adams stand by you've got the Vanister Racing Hyundai coming towards you. And we've got both of the LA Honda World Cars in as well. Remember, it will be fuel for Will Talley, who will be getting out, handing over to Mike Lamara, as he is doing now. But it should be fuel only for Ryan Eversley in the number 37, the pole-sitting Honda. The red one that uh, was started so brilliantly by Matt Pombo. It's a pit stop with full service for the Alpha. New tires and fuel as well as uh, driver change. That's Tim Lewis Jr. taking over. And his family is actually on site to cheer him on today. So it's a little bit extra special for both of the Hyundais further up down towards Joe Bradley. Driver changes and tires going on there. And for the JDC Unitronic Audi, that also fuel and tires and Mikey Taylor taking over. John, yesterday he was hiding out in the rain, trying to stay warm. He's definitely warm today. Well, uh, Hyundai pit stops weren't that clean or as clean as we would have liked. The 98 car got the job done really well. The number one car slightly slower in the pit stop. However, the 98 was restricted on getting off the pit apron by the number one. It had to be pushed back, and by the time they've gone out, I think the 98 got ahead of the one, but that's uh, that's for the marshals at the pit exit to decide who's who's won that little race. Uh, yes, you're right, Joe. Um, the number 98, Mark Wilkins now, behind the wheel of the Elantra, got just ahead of Michael Lewis. They did have to pause at the end of the pit lane, and I really hope they didn't run, that nobody ran the light down there. All right, biggest mover in the first part of the race is the LA <laughs> Honda World 37 goes behind the wall, that Honda. Biggest mover was, well, 
absolutely overtaking maestro Shea Adam is with Eric Fagradas. You know, it was funny because Mrs. McAleer posted a video this morning. Sorry, I have to say it just because she is about uh, Stephen a couple years ago passing the entire field. I think it was 15 cars in one lap. Eric Fagradas, clearly you saw that video decided to do one better today from 22nd to second. How was that stint? Yeah, incredible. Um, you know, with something like that, it's a mixture of calculated aggression and, and patience all in once. You know, these RS1 guys put complete faith in me today to get the car to the front. Um, it was really all about uh, execution. These guys did a fantastic, fantastic job with the pit stop. Stephen Mackler's in, so who better could you have to, to finish out a race? Thanks to Community Beer Works, Porsche Naples, everyone who supports us. Um, it's, it's been a fantastic day so far, especially after the Daytona that we had. Considering we won the race in 2022, we're trying to come back strong. You've been testing another new Porsche that will be running for the upcoming season, but for you guys, how comfortable is it to get back into your Cayman GT4 RS? Yeah, you know, in a way, it, it kind of slowed things down. We're preparing to race a GT3, uh, 992 uh, variant of uh, Porsche's GT3 car uh, in a different series. So uh, coming out of that car to get back into this, it's like everything sort of slowed down. It's almost like you're overdriving the car at that point. But, you know, it'll be a big year for us, RS1, Community Beer Works, Porsche Naples, and uh, we're, we're really excited. We've got 40 and change uh, to finish out this race. It's going to be an exciting finish. We're ready for it. Get your popcorn. Good luck. Thanks, Shay. I have my popcorn. I have my popcorn. <laughs> Robert Wickens actually leads this race overall now at the, in the number 33 car. However, before we go back to green, the GS cars will cycle ahead of all the TCRs. So he won't be able to take that position, unfortunately, much as he'd like to. Give himself a big buffer over the other TCR cars. He won't be able to do that. And so it'll be another excuse me, lap or two before we go back to green and he will have to give up that lead and it'll be Cameron Lawrence who leads the way in car number 95, the Turner Motorsport BMW. He's taken over from uh, Robert McGinnis who did a, first, did a really good first stint, brought that car up into uh, fourth position despite having been one of the cars that came in to the pits during that early caution mm. with nine laps in the books. Wicked Bill, I think, probably reflecting the view of quite a number of us, including in the booth, saying, not going to lie, struggling to get into this race. Can we have some green flag running? It does need some green flag running. You're right. Yeah, we had 10 laps in that last stint, and, you know, which was a pretty you know, reasonable run, this is, given it's a, it's a long racetrack, you know, long, long track, 3.7 yeah. miles. So 10 laps was, you know, That's 20 minutes, wasn't it? Bad, yeah. Is what you're talking about, just a little exactly. over 20 minutes. Yeah, 25 minutes or so, yeah. 44 minutes to go, we're... Preparing for the class split, which will put all the GS cars back ahead. And uh, therefore, Robert Wiggins' time at the top uh, of, the, of the timing monitor has been shot. Shea Adam with some drama in the pit lane. Uh, guys, the number 85 Crucial Motorsports McLaren is on fire. There is black smoke coming out of the left front. I think it might just be a brake fire, but it smells really hot. And there are fumes coming out of the cockpit as well. This car will go no further. Well, That's a shame. that is very bad news for them. At IMSA Radio, if you want to get in touch with us, still to come today as far as our IMSA coverage is concerned, live from trackside, here at Sebring, we have the nighttime practice 
for the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. We'll have full live sound and vision coverage for everybody, whether you're here in the US or abroad, tomorrow of qualifying for the WeatherTech Championship. And between all that, over on our sister channel, RS1, uh, we'll have the FIA WEC qualifying to come later on this afternoon. Swapping between RS1 for WEC and RS2 IMSA Radio for the IMSA content. An awful lot of the IMSA uh, content today, including the Porsche Deluxe Carrera Cup North America race too, will be free on the world video feed. No subscriptions required for that. You can get it here in the US and around the world. You go to imza.tv or go to imzaradio.com. Uh, click on the drop-down menu on the top left-hand side and you will be able to see the live video tab. There has been some... I, I, I think there's been a suspension collapse on that number 85 car, but the fire is out. Joe Bradley is down uh, at the number one car. We're about to go green. Let's have a quick word with Taylor Hagner. Not been the best weekend for her in terms of qualifying and running earlier on. How's it going now, Joe? No, well, this is going to teach her to be nosy and find out where that smoke was coming from because I've caught her. Uh, I'm going to have to uh, ask you the question, Taylor. The shorter races, the two-hour races, they seem really frantic. Do you enjoy that better than the longer ones? Uh, yeah, definitely. I think the longer ones are a lot of fun just because it's, it's longer and there's a lot more runtime. but I don't think it's as hectic, so you're kind of chill for a while versus these shorter ones where my stint and Michael's stint are both very involved. Now, very busy weekend for you. Here you are at Sebring, a unique racetrack. You're going, you're dashing across the Atlantic where you'll compete in your very first NLS race at the equally as unique Nürburgring. Are you looking forward to that? Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. We actually flew here from there. We had to do the uh, the driving academy over there and then flew straight here, and I really loved the track, so I'm excited to go back. So what time of day is it now? Right now? I don't know what time it is here, but we're six hours ahead in Germany still. So. All right, good luck at the weekend, and good luck for the rest of this one. Thanks, Taylor. Five hours ahead in Germany, actually, at the moment, Taylor, because the clocks have gone forward. Uh, and if you want to find out how Taylor and uh, the rest of the BHA guys actually are doing over there, they're getting ready to do the Nürburgring 24 hours. The first NLS Nürburgring Langstrecker series live in sound and vision via RadioLeMond.com with Peter Snowden and Johnny Palmer. Uh, that will be early on Saturday morning. Actually, might get to see it before we've even got started here. Uh, that's going to be starting around about uh, 6, 7 o'clock in the morning. Uh, over here in Florida. Right, we've gone back to green during <laughs> that and everybody is uh, rubbing paint now. So the last 40 minutes getting underway and n now nobody has any patience, Jeremy. Right. Taylor was uh, talking about that. No patience showing here at all as Jared Thomas is elbowing his way through the pack and right alongside the BGB. Porsche, the bright green car, and there's a little side swipe there. As they got together. Yeah, Spencer Papelli moving his way forward. Uh, Christian Shimjak got the lead there from Cameron Lawrence, who struggled a little bit on that first lap. And there's two mo tournament spot BMWs. They were side by side for probably half of that restart lap. I think Robbie Foley has managed to get ahead of Cameron Lawrence, who was leading at the restart. We'll see them come past us in a moment. 
And there they go. It is Christian Simchak. It is the 72 from Robbie Foley in second. Then Lawrence, uh, Cameron Lawrence for Turner. So the two Turner cars on slightly different strategies, but have found their way at the front of the field. Then Stephen McAleer for RS1 in that number 28 Porsche. Then Marillo, Matt Plum, now has taken over the car from Hugh. Not sure that tactic played, paid off for them. They came in from second position, remember. And Team TGM then in sixth. Yeah, they made up a couple of, oh, well, one position since the restart at the expense of who? Uh, that would be... The 58 car. Yeah, got Michael past yeah, Got, got past Michael Dickasala, yeah. Yes, the crucial uh, McLaren. Right. Exactly right. By the way, Owen Trinkler in the other team TGM car is back on the Ooh. lead lap. And That's Luca Mars. In the, oh, and the BGB car with damage to the ah. left, uh, to the right-hand side, excuse me. And that car will not make very much more ground. I think that needs to be parked. There's all kinds of fluids coming out from under the front of that car. And tyre rub as well. Yeah. So Luca Mars and in the Ford... And it's turn seven again. So two. Oh, ah, big hit from behind. Big thump by Bill Oblin. That was Bill Oblin who thumped the Spencer Pompelli there in the tail. Wow, that's unlike Bill to make that sort of mistake. And poor Spencer Pompelli, he, he knew he had a really fast car. He had made up uh, a couple of positions at that restart. But uh, now he's got uh, help there from behind that he really didn't need from Bill Oblin. He's done the gentlemanly thing and got off out of the way of the circuit as he was catching that slide coming out of turn six he slid across the track into Luca Mars in the Ford yeah and that's where Luca got his left hand side damage and the right hand side damage on what was the Paul sitting Porsche the BGB the BGB bright green machine now off the side of the circuit we stay green with 37 minutes to go, just under. And somebody's off at the exit of turn 17. It's one of the McLarens. De Casada. It's De Casada. Excuse me. It's not one of the McLarens at all. Yeah, it is. Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Yes, it is. My apologies. The, oh, what a shame because Aurora Strauss had done such a good job there. Well, she'd, she'd lost some ground, but um, Michael, had, he'd lost one position at the restart there, but, you know, he just... Whether, whether there was contact there to, to push that car wide at the exit of turn 17. Full course yellow. Yeah, another one. Could have uh, probably... Yeah, if somebody had stayed out all this time and cycled to the front. <laughs> Tell you what, the, guy, the, the, the big uh, gainer out of this is Robin Liddell. All is of a sudden ever? he's inside the top 10. Yeah. Goodness gracious, how things can turn around for that team, huh? Yes, this is Robin Liddell time, isn't it? So two McLarens with dramas in quick succession. The brake fire on the that was the 85 car, wasn't it, in the pit lane? Made up at least six positions since the restart, Liddell. Yeah. And we've got a BMW stationery as well. That's, that's, that's the uh, Bill Oblin's car. So Bill Oblin, who was the catalyst for at least some of this carnage down at turn seven, wrapped into the back of Spencer Pumpelli, who then got 
tangled up with Luca Mars in the Ford. All three of those cars, I believe, are off the circuit. Um, and then in, in what I believe is a separate incident, De Casada going off at turn 17, unless something broke was broken on that car, as the Rockwell number 10 Audi rejoins after coming into the pit, and that is the Eric Rockwell car. He had some wars earlier on. Let's pick up some interviews. Share Adam, first of all. All right, Rob McGinnis in the 95 Turner Motorsport BMW currently sitting P3. This is a lot better start to the season, isn't it? Yeah, we're just going to forget Daytona happened at all. We're just going to start here. That seems fair. Now, your problem is that in second is the team car. Are there team orders within Turner Motorsport? Uh, no. You know, Cameron and Robbie are both great drivers, so they're not going to hit each other. And, you know, hopefully we can work together and uh, get a 1-2 here. That'd be fun. The joke is with Turner that when you guys win, you get tacos. If it's a 1-2, does that mean double the tacos or something extra special Mexican for dinner? Maybe tacos and some tequila. I mean, that seems to make the most sense. That's what I'm pushing for over here. This M4 GT4, you guys are running the new version of it, the G82. How good is it over the bumps in particular? Because I know that BMW has a lot of suspension travel. It's got to be a comfortable car. It's a super comfortable car. You know, it feels like a race car. I don't feel like I'm driving a road car in the slightest. And the team did a great job setting it up. It's great here. It's great over the bumps. It's great in the fast corners. It's really good on the brakes. So, so I'm super happy with the car so far. And clearly, everyone's doing a great job. So. The race has been very staccato so far with a lot of caution, a lot of safety car intervention. Do you think that's going to help ultimately save a little bit of tires, or is everyone going to be in the same boat? I think everyone will be in the same boat pretty much. Um, you know, I think the starts and restarts will make it more fun, give us more of a shot to get up front. So I'll take, you know, whatever we can get here. Fingers crossed for you, no. Rob. Thanks, Shay. So, shit, Adam, down in the pit lane, we are under our fourth full course yellow or safety car intervention and this time for the McLaren uh, going off at turn 17 and Michael de Casada I didn't see any contact there I think he just got onto I'll call it the grey but certainly off the racing line and the car didn't seem to want to turn and Michael couldn't get it stopped in time not a not the worst accident you can have at turn 17, that. We see far more destructive ones, but it's absolutely ruined his race. He's out of the car, by the way, and fine. But uh, there'll be a little bit of clean-up to be done there and the rearranging and repairing of the tyre wall because that is right on the end of where the tyre wall is protecting the concrete blocks at the exit of turn number 17, and I, I don't think we'll want to go back green before that has been looked at by the AMR safety team and track services to make sure that everything is a-okay from that point of view. Well, what a bizarre race we are having. What a bizarre race we've been having. If we had uh, just left... Imagine if you'd just stayed, stayed out and done your mandatory driver change at the last yellow with four just over 40 minutes to go have been you'd have been easily able to do this on one pit stop yeah which quite which quite a few cars ha have done uh, and it's True. kind of interesting that you know number 72 car that led from the start or from from the first lap when um when um kenny marilla was able to find a way past the posted on that first lap he led all the way through until he made his one and only uh, pit stop 
on lap uh, 23 under caution mm. with just uh, just under an hour or well, just under an hour to go and uh, he's handed out that car over to Christian Shimjak. Robbie Foley by contrast has made uh, two pit stops, three pit stops actually. Mm. Uh, and uh, and now he's running in second position. So it just shows you how things can change. But Robbie was absolutely flying after that early stop, put on a fresh set of tyres, set a new lap record, and then uh, as once again the Turner team has worked its strategy perfectly because he he was he was out of sequence. To everybody else he needed less fuel yeah. during that most recent stop, so that enabled, enabled him to jump up a lot of positions. Uh, and uh, from there, here he is in second position. He's got past uh, Cameron Lawrence's teammate, who uh, who also came into the pits uh, during that uh, that first uh, caution period. Jeremy Shearjaw, don't forget we're looking for your Michelin moment of the race. One for GS and one for TCR. Not an awful lot of green flag racing for us to consider here, but there has been a couple of very decent passes indeed. I still think about that pass for the lead really early on. Uh, there's... Adam's just seen it, said it may help. I've not seen either yet. I thought there's something else to get excited about. And it's been a race of strategy, and I suspect um, several versions of strategies, to be honest, all right, I've got I've got my piece of paper here. This is what we're going to do. Let's tear that up and throw it away. Right, this is version two. No, no, no. Let's tear that. Be interesting to know how far down the strategy list of things we thought we might do the uh, guys on the pit wall got down to on on the radio. It's plan forty two. Plan forty two B. Forty two B. Yeah, cheapest. The guys think, on the wall have worked hard. Right now, for TCR, I would have to say number 33 team for making that call yes. to come in at the earliest possible Correct. opportunity that they thought they could get to the end from. And it happened to be right before that full course caution. So, well, sometimes you're lucky, sometimes yeah. you're good. But, the, you know, the, the better you are, the luckier you get, in yeah. point of fact. But, but, but as you pointed out, I mean, Harry Gottsaki, he'd taken a lead right before then in any Correct. case. So the car is legitimately running up front. Correct. Uh, and, and the strategy just turned out to in their favour as well. So lucky and good. Yeah. I remember Ryan Hall yours saying to me at a Patilamon one year, I'd rather be lucky than good. And I said, it's nice when it's both, though, Ryan Hall, isn't it? Yeah. And he was sort of smiled in that enigmatic way that only Ryan Hall can. Still the clear-up going on at the exit of turn 17. This is a short yellow, so the pits will not reopen. Not that I think anybody might want to come in unless somebody at the back wanted to put on a fresh or fresher set of Michelin rubber. But I think right now it's you basically playing the hand that you've got and it's down to the drivers to make the best, Jeremy, of the cars, the tyres and the fuel load. Nobody's going to have any fuel problems, so everybody can run right. full rich, I would have thought. Right, exactly right. And I think everybody was good on fuel in any case mm. with the timing for that uh, most the, 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 the uh, caution before this. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, there's no need for it now. And as you say, it's, it's, since it's between within 15 minutes of going back to green after a full course caution, this is determined to be a short yellow. So there won't be the, uh, the wave arounds and the, and, the, and the pit stop openings that they would normally be. 
but because it had been so soon after the previous caution, just two and a half laps again, uh, there was no need to in any case. So as soon as we get this uh, McLaren swept up and out of the way uh, and get that barrier back into place, because yes. he hit that tyre barrier pretty darn hard and it's moved it quite a long way. So that's the biggest hold-up at the moment. Uh, how long does Robert Liddell need to get through and win the race? That's the question. How many laps does he need? He <laughs> that, need yeah. That's a fast car, that... Uh, Camaro sitting in ninth position at the moment, but he's got a restart to come. And we know how good the Scotsman is. He was in particularly feisty form when I spoke to him yesterday. Last season of competition for that GT4 Camaro. To be replaced next year by the Bortie, at least by a GT4 Corvette. Yeah, if that if that team stays in um, Pilot Challenge, I, I've heard a, a little word that they might be moving up. Well, there's a GT3 Corvette, sorry, uh, next well, year, isn't there? Yes, not a GT4, so they could keep the the bow tight. Yeah. They've been very, very loyal customers and loyal supporters of Chevrolet Racing, and you'd like to think, I'm sure there will be a scramble for the new GT3 Corvettes. But you'd, uh, you'd like to think, wouldn't you, that uh, if they wanted one or two, they could get one. Um, they have got three of them now, the uh, Camaros. And I was talking to another team who was considering switching to a Camaro this season because they think it's such a good package. We'll uh, see if that comes to pass. Later in the season. Um, certainly not happened this weekend. But it is a very quick car in a straight line. And Robin Liddell knows how to drive it. If he's going to get to the front. He will have to get ahead of the two Porsches of Carbon and Nola Sport. With Jeff Westphal and Elliot Skier behind the wheel. The Aston Martin of Matt Plum, Team TGM. The Murillo Racing Mercedes. With Eric Voss in fifth position. Behind the wheel. Stephen McAleer for RS1 in the Porsche. He's in fourth. Third is Cameron Lawrence for Turner Motorsport. Second is teammate in another M4 BMW GT4, Robbie Foley. And Christian Shimshak, who leads for Marillo Racing in another one of those Mercedes AMG GT4s. And Shimshak still looking for his first win no. in the Michelin Pilot Challenge. He's had three second places. Uh, Kenny Marillo's actually only had one second place, I think. Uh, but uh, they were fourth in the opening round of the championship at Daytona last time. That's a really good, strong start to the season for them. And Christian really doing a nice job here uh, in, in the lead of this race. He's, he made a nice, clean restart there. was holding on quite um, you know, a, a ahead of the two tournament spot BMWs while they were scrapping amongst themselves for second place. Well, he got past one, didn't he? Because he was behind at the restart because it's Lawrence that led at the green flag. Hmm. Indeed so. So he's back to third position. Robbie Foley has uh, got into the middle of those two. And the lights are... Are they out on the safety car? Is it now? No. Seems to be... Yeah, I think the lights are out on the safety car. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, pulling away. Finally. It didn't seem to be pulling away initially, but it is now. All right. So we're going to have, what, 23 and a half minutes remaining. So, now, Christian Shimshak, 
for Marillo Racing. He has control of the field. The Alan J Automotive Network 120 comes down to 23 minutes and 20 seconds as they take the green flag after the safety car, the Cadillac V-Series, pulls back into the pit lane. Immediate movement from Robin Liddell, who tries to get alongside the carbon. He's past the carbon with Peregrine Machine and now trying to work on the Nola Sport Porsche. So Liddell already up to eighth position in the Camaro. This is what Robin Liddell absolutely lives for. It's like one of those challenges on a platform game. You've got X amount of laps to pass X amount of cars at the front of the field. The leaders aren't getting away, bouncing into the breaking area at turn seven. <laughs> Shimchak with the Turner Motorsport pair behind him, having to defend there quite stoutly, but that was all right. He didn't move in the breaking area. Simchak now, though, looks to the left-hand side of the yeah. circuit and already the BMW's there. Looks to the right mirror. He was there as well. Yeah. Simchak's getting defensive, isn't he? Each of those last couple now, of this corners. This is brilliant for Liddell. Liddell's right alongside Matt Plum for sixth position now. He's already passed Westfall Skier and he's on to Matt Plum at the moment. And we are not talking about rookie drivers here. Meantime, there will be a penalty for Bill Orbelin, a drive-through for that incident at turn seven. Now, not sure if the 25 has rejoined. I'd still shown has stopped on my... Timing screen. Yeah, that's out. So that may not actually have to be served. Onto the back straight. With time ticking down. The two leaders. Again, all side by side. And this time, Shimchak does move over just a little bit. I think wow. it was too late, though. I think it was too late. As Robbie Foley gets the zebra-coloured BMW down the inside. The BS, the Bureau suit on one side, the standard BMW Turner Motorsport colours on the other. Out of turn 17 and BMW, Turner BMW will lead with just on 21 minutes to go. That was planned, it was thought about and it was executed perfectly from two or three corners back. And Simchak is now, oh, hang on a minute, he, he's looking at the same type of car behind him as Liddell is still there and trying to fight his way through at the moment in behind the... Yeah, Elliot Skier, Elliot who made Skier. A, he made a good restart. The big loser there was Hugh Pla uh, Matt Plum, who's yeah. lost, uh, what, three positions on that restart lap. Elliot Skier was the first to get past him. Then Robin Liddell and Scott Andrews has moved through as well. Eric Foss has moved up as well, actually. So Foskey and Liddell have all moved up. Well, he was fifth in any case. Right. Uh, uh, Foss, he was fifth okay. behind Stephen McAleer. Yeah, Jeff Westfold's lost a few positions Correct. as well. Michael Cooper for accelerating performance has come through in his Aston Martin. And Jared Thomas in the dark uh, blue with the... Um, Pinstripes on it, the number 23 JTR car. He's making up positions as well. In TCR, Rob Wicken still leads by a scant three-tenths of a second from Tim Lewis. The Alpha has finally made its presence known. Hyundai from Alpha from Honda in the shape of Carl Whitmer in the 99 Victor Gonzalez Racing Team. The red and white coloured car. Then a little gap back to Tyler Maxson for van der Stur racing in that very elegant colour scheme mm. of VDSR. Really like that. Then Brian Herder, Autosport, Mark Wilkins. Then Mikey Taylor. 
And that is your top six, separated by probably about one and three quarter seconds in TCR. The BMW of Turner Motorsports, Robbie Foley, is not getting away. Simchak has fought off the second Turner car, and he's trying to... Well, he's having to defend down into 17, and this time the 95. Cameron Lawrence goes round the outside. They are very close, and it gets very bumpy. And Lawrence is trying hard. He gets his nose ahead as they come to the line. It'll be scored, I think, in second place he is. Simchak tries to side draft and come back, but can't make that one stick. It's Elliot, Stephen, uh, Stephen McAleer in fourth. Skier in fifth. Robin Liddell up to sixth now. Scott Andrews in seventh. And Eric Foss has dropped down from fifth to eighth position with... Matt Plum climbing back up to ninth position. My goodness. I don't think anybody is in the same position that they started that lap. No, no I think you might be right, actually. Uh, has been a fabulous shuffling there amongst that top 10. Back into the top 10 is Jared Thomas in the number 23 Mercedes. But, uh, boy, what a battle this is turning out to be. Robbie Foley, though, he's on a mission today, isn't he? Who is? Robin, uh, oh, yes. Well, Robbie Foley. Robbie Foley is, and Robin Liddell is as well. Still only two seconds between the Camaro and the leader, but Foley is beginning to break the talk from his Turner BMW teammate, Cameron Lawrence. Now, these guys will not fight at this point. Seven, call it 18 minutes still to go, and they need not to be slowing each other down. If they can work together and uh, do a bit of drafting on some of the faster parts of the circuit, they may be able to build up a cushion between themselves and whoever else is fighting for third. Meantime, at the front of the TCR field, at turn 10, it's Hyundai versus Alpha, Robert Wiggins versus Tim Lewis, Carl Whitmer, another three quarters of a second further back for VGRT, Victor Gonzalez racing team. But he's just losing touch, touch for the moment. But if these two start fighting, he'll be right there. He can't get complacent, though, because Tyler Maxson for Van der Racing in that blue and white Hyundai Elantra is just half a second behind him. So two pairs of cars. Well, a pair and then probably a quartet, actually. Yeah. Whitmer, Maxson, Wilkins and Mikey Taylor to make up the top six. They're all within a few tenths of each other. As into the pit lane comes uh, Chris Wilson in the number 11 AMG, the red and white Will Sport Machine. Oh, this TCR battle is enthralling. Just enough of a gap between the first two so that Carl Whitman was not getting a draft from them as he was going down the Ullman Strait. And at the front of the field, Robbie Forley, his lead cut to half a second. Yeah, and the guy who's charging right now is Elliot Skier mm. uh, in car number 47 for Nola Sport. That's uh, the uh, the best place of the Porsche because he's just got past Stephen McAleer on that last lap. So the number 47 car took the restart in seventh position uh, and is now up to fourth. That's Elliot Skier in car number 47. Robin Liddell still quick in the... Camaro, a 2.11.2 last time around, was only beaten by the leader and the best lap of their race so far for Turner Motorsports number 95, Cameron Lawrence, as he did a 2.11.3, an 11.7 for Simchak, 11.3 for Skier, 12.1 for Stephen McAleer, 11.2 for Robin Liddell in the top six now. 
And at the front of the field, the battle has now been turned up to gas mark seven. Their heat is on. Defensive driving at turn 10, taking the middle of the road for our leader, Robert Wiggins, Tim Lewis in second. Now, this will be brilliant for Carl Whitmer. He'll be good. Yeah, guys, fight, 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 fight. As soon as they're not taking the optimum line, that next bunch of five cars now, actually, because Mike Lamara, Mikey Taylor and Mike Lamara are pretty much on yeah. there. And they'll be there in the blink of an eye if these two start going off the ideal racing line. Uh, they will. And uh, the number 99 car, that's the car that won here last season with Victor Gonzalez Racing Team, uh, Victor Gonzalez and Carl Whitmer. And they're right in the thick of it now with, what, f just under 15 minutes remaining. Well, there's nothing to choose at the front of the field. There's a big, long train of cars heading into turn one now. <laughs> This race is not over. Not at all. Foley, Lawrence, Simchak, Skia. Liddell up the fifth now. He's got past Stephen McAleer. That yeah. RS1 Porsche seems to be fading just a little bit. And the top three all in the 210. So that means Cameron Lawrence has reset the fastest lap for that car with a 210.8. Playing for keeps at the front of the field in both classes at the moment. Robert Wiggins ekes out half a second lead. Through they go with Carl Whitmer in third position for Victor Gonzalez, then Van der Stur, then Mark Wil Wilkins, Mike Lamara, Michael Lewis. So what happened that time around to Mikey Taylor in the 17 car? He's dropped a position mm. to Michael Lewis for Brian Hurt at Autosport. 13 and a half minutes to go. The leaders in TCR. In front of the hotel. What a lovely place to be this afternoon. Maybe just sitting by the pool. A drink with an umbrella. Oh, if I must. A drink with an umbrella in it. Even better. Side by side for the TCR. Lead down at turn 10. The Alpha just... Dare I say this? But I just think the Alpha's got a little more tyre under it at the moment, Jeremy. It does seem as though Tim Lewis can pick his line just a, a wee bit more and move that car around, even in the braking areas. Mm. He's not quite getting the punch off the corners. Yellow flags going into the Jean de Bian curves. The car off a driver's left there. And... I'm not I think sure. It was a stationary yellow, was it? It was waved yellow. Was it? Okay. Waved yellow. I wouldn't have seen if it had been stationary. My eyes aren't that good, Jeremy, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, it's not full course, course. That was that. No, was correct. Waved that yellow. Yeah. Waved yellow. It okay. is the number okay. 26, is it, that's gone off there? Or at least has stopped there. At, and it was at turn 14. Now, I'm, was I'm it not 25, sure. 25, was it? Is it Bill Oberlin's car? Is it Oberlin's? Been there for a while. If it, it is indeed the 25 race control. Okay. It is the 25 Bill Oberlin's course. So that car did come back out. That's not in a great place. However, now dare I suggest this? That car was damaged earlier on. It's gone out, and we've got another Honda. This is the 99 Victor Gonzalez going slow, but the BMW. If if the yellow came out now, and we've and we've got another car going slow. That's the seventeen Audi 
going slowly. Uh, the Victor Gonzalez car trying to get out of the way, not to cause a full course yellow. That's Carl Whitman. That is very, very gentlemanly driving. Um, please let's hope that that BMW didn't go out when it was uh, went out when it wasn't fixed properly. There are two BMWs at the front of the field at the moment being pressured by Christian Simchak and Robin Liddell now up into fourth position and charging. Two and a half seconds away from the lead. He's put that car's fastest lap in last time around. He was the quickest of the top 10 cars last time by at least three tenths of a second. And the battle for the TCR lead rages on as well as Tim Lewis and Robert Wiggins go at it. And Lewis gets down the inside into 13. Full course yellow's come out. Full course yellow Oof. is out. Who was ahead? I don't know. I, <laughs> I think Lewis might have just nicked that. Oh, my goodness. This is going to have to go back to a video because we might not get back to green. Oh, my goodness. Now we've got a moment of the race. Now we've got the Michelin moment of the race. Now, this this is for Bill Oberlin's car uh, and for the VGRT, Victor Gonzalez Racing Team at Turn 1. Not sure you could have left Victor's car there either. But this is... So uh, why, why was Oberlin's car there? Because... Yeah, because it, I thought that was that, that been out that been out a while ago, wasn't it? Yeah, and, and I did see it. it had a drive-through assessed, so it, it's oh, it's it's not. It's the twenty-six. It's not Auburn's car. It's the twenty-six, not the right. twenty-five. Okay, fine. Excuse yeah. me, but it is another BMW. Um, and one BMW having bad news, two BMWs having good news. Sorry, Bill, not your car. That car has the Autotechnic car has not come back out again. So, yeah, it was Toby Grav Gravik. Gravik, yeah. yeah. Um, here's a, here's a here's a replay of the two uh, TCR leaders battling it out and see where the caution comes out. Can we see? Keep an eye on all of the. It's just where is he ahead? Is he ahead? Just about. Now. Ooh, how <laughs> tight is that going to be? Yeah. It's a dead heat. It's a dead heat really? for TCR. That's <laughs> uh, They're going to have to drive around together behind the safety car. How do you decide that? And when did it come out? There are more timing loops than we get timing um, areas on the track. And Imza may have to look at that if we don't go back green. There'll be no pass around here. So Toby Grohovic was the number 26 car that went, uh, that, that stopped earlier. And, and I think that's probably why the full course yellow came out in the first yeah. place. I think the Victor Gonzalez one was being seen to. It's now being pulled back into the pits on the return road. That possibly could have been done under a local yellow, but turn one so fast, you wouldn't want to put people over the wall. But he was sort of behind, partially behind the cutout there. So I'd say it was more from for the Grohovic BMW, the 26. Seven and a half minutes to go. Um, yeah. So. As it stands at the moment then, Tim Lewis is in the lead. Let's see what happens from race control. We haven't seen anything that they should swap places. 
And they'll be looking at that as closely as we have. Yeah. And since we, we are within the final 15 minutes of the race, this will be a short yellow. So we'll just get this car out of the way and hopefully there'll be time for maybe one lap, possibly two, but likely just one lap shoot out to the end. Ooh, that could be messy. As if it hasn't been messy already. Yeah, if if that car isn't moved within the next two or three minutes, we're probably going to finish under caution, John. Yeah, and then it... So one BMW's bad luck could be great news for the two Turner cars. There's no link between those teams, by the way, before anybody says anything. Robin Liddell will be seething, <laughs> absolutely seething. Up to fourth position and within sight of the leaders in a car that was working very, very well indeed. He might have a shot at a podium finish if we go back to green. But that BMW is steadfastly not wanting to move, I'm afraid. That's the fast track racing car. They just dropped off the lead lap. So, whatever befell that car must have happened to it quite quickly. Well, no, yeah, it was on the previous lap. It was running kind of towards the towards the telephone, running in the twentieth position before he stopped on that uh, on that last yeah, lap. Yeah. So it's not as if he'd just come out the pits having had something done. My apologies. No, I don't think so. Misidentified that car. Oh my goodness! Bright sunshine, great weather. 24 degrees in the air, which is 75 Celsius. 22 on the track. 72, uh, 72 Fahrenheit. Excuse me. And Tim Lewis. Mm. Did he get the pass done in time? Well, Robert Wickens will be on the radio. You know he will. He passed me under yellow. He passed me under yellow. And Tim Lewis will go, I got him, I got him before the yellow. <laughs> Re remember, it is a fact of racing that however many drivers are involved in an incident, there will be that many <laughs> at uh, least. different opinions at least. plus one. Yeah, yes. Plus one, yeah, there you yeah, go. <laughs> it is number of drivers involved in the incident plus one is the number <laughs> of uh, opinions that there will be on the incident. Uh, that is a... Steadfast rule of motor racing. So the Michelin Pilot Challenge, the Allen J Automotive Network 120. Four minutes to go. I'm going to have to ask you all for your Michelin moments of the race. Let's start with Shea Adam in the pit lane for GS. Uh, the pass by Kenny Marillo. At the start of the race. At the start of the race. Right. That was decisive. It was clean. It was beautiful. It was it was strong. Certainly was. Joe Bradley, your GS moment of the race. Yeah, I, for me, it's got to be um, Eric Fogueras. Uh, what was it? Second? 22nd yes. to second yeah. in the number 28 uh, Porsche. Um, a series you know, of moments for him, I'm sure. I'm, I'm pretty sure he's got a few stories to tell in that one, hasn't he? Yeah, but that for me, I mean, phenomenal. On board will be very good indeed. Uh, I'll ask Jeremy in just a moment. The 
pass for the lead being looked at by race control from every <laughs> angle that they can possibly see. That's coming through 10, I think. Come, that's, yeah. From the onboard on the... Uh, on the Hyundai. No, the yellow's oh, out. Oh, now. Now, that... That camera's not at the front of the car, though, so you get a slightly different perspective there from what we saw from outside. I tell you, it's just a dead heat. It was, it was, it was mighty close. It wasn't was no mighty, that. mighty close. We've seen in the Edmonton Mazda MX-5 Championship, people being told, pass, pass, pass now. Yellow's coming out. Yellow's coming out. Two and a half minutes to go. This is going to finish under yellow. Shea Adam, your TCR moment of the race. Uh, that pass for now. Well, <laughs> I, I, you know what? No, either way, because that has been the moment of the race. Well, yeah. All yeah. right. Joe Bradley. Yeah. I, I, th this, what we're talking about now, it's got to be, hasn't it? Okay. You know, we go, we go to yellow and the cars are side by side. I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah. they may have to finish side by side. <laughs> who do we give, who do we give the set of tyres to though? That's the uh, question. See, one team gets the front set. <laughs> one tyre for each. The rears. <laughs> well, no, no, with GCRs, you, you, fronts are more valuable, aren't they, than rears. So we give them one front and one rear each. What do you think? Safety yeah, car is idea. in. We're going back. Mm -hmm. There may yet be Michelin moments of the race. We're going back. We'll get one more lap. Green flag is out. Now watch for the Camaro, gets a reasonable start, looking up the inside of Christian Simjak, now switches to the outside, the two BMWs trying to work together, the Camaro sweeping round the outside to third position if Robin Liddell can hold on to it, he's ushered off to the side of the track but keeps all four Michelins on and goes through brilliant from the Scotsman, closes the door on Simjak, lovely manoeuvre by Robin Liddell made sure there was absolutely no chance and no opportunity and Got through and held third place. Now, what can he do? It is the last lap. Race control calling this is the last lap. Watch out as well for Lone Star Racing. No, it's Nola Sports, Elliot Skier, who's made up a position on the restart as well. He's trying to come through, and it's side-by-side side as well Scott with Andrews uh, Scott Andrews, yeah. who's right there. I thought it was the Lone Star Racing car. So on to the podium for Rebel Rock Racing. Here they come. Half a lap to go. The two Turner BMWs doing their thing at the front and all kinds of carnage going on behind. Marillo racing into fourth position. That's Christian Shimchak trying to hold off the hordes yeah, behind him. Scott Andrews looking to make find a way past and Shimchak closing the door there at Tower Turn. And Robin Liddell is tracking Cameron Lawrence. He's not quite close enough. He'll give it a run down the inside at 17, Robin. You know he will. Simchak driving very defensively. Could be fourth, could be eighth at the moment. And he's struggling for grip in that Marillo racing. The blue and bright orange AMG. Lone Star racing in the metallic blue car behind him. Don't count out that little Porsche at the back of that either for Nola Sport. And RS1 just a little bit further back as well. Oh, my goodness. Liddell's not close enough. The lead has gone wide into turn 17, and that'll close things up, but I don't think he's made a big enough mistake that it's going to stop it being a one. Two, is it? Here's Liddell. Makes the run up the wall side, but Robbie Foley wins it, and it is a tournament. BMW 1-2 with Robin Liddell fighting through to third. Another great drive by all of those drivers. 
Shea Adam down in the oh, pit lane. Shimchak off in the final corner. Oh. I said he could be fourth. He could be down the field, and he's well down oh. the field. Championship lead gone. Championship lead disappears there. Tim Lewis wins for uh, for Alpha and for KMW from Robert Wiggins, Mark Wilkins, the two Brian Herter cars. Let's go to Shea Adam first of all. This is a Turner Motorsport 1-2, and it's big for the man who's getting his first ever win in this championship. Finn Barletta, race winner, Michelin Pilot Challenge. How does this feel? Uh, it feels awesome. Uh, new car, a lot going on with the Turner team. But it's Turner, and we're always going to compete. And with Robbie and Cameron, I mean, the drivers took it to the front, huh? How much did you learn last weekend in racing here that helped you get a, a stable platform for this one? Uh, it absolutely helps. Uh, running the older car, it is different. So uh, what, we're, what I was talking to Will about is committing to uh, the new car for the rest of the VP season. That is a great move. Well, congratulations. This puts you back in the championship hunt, and the Zebra livery is a winner. Yes, absolutely. Thank Joe you. Bradley. Well, Roy, it was uh, very late in the day when you could actually believe you guys were going to win that right to the very end. You know, I'll take it however it comes. Uh, they laid me out for 70 minutes or something. You know, no, no, uh, no consideration for my age whatsoever. <laughs> Well, he did a great job, but Tim Lewis right there. When it went to yellow, there was deliberation as to just who was in the lead. The alpha was in the lead, it was deemed. Look, we, we felt we were, but we let the officials make the call. They're, they're, they're the ultimate law on the, on the track, and we're just going to follow whatever they decide. This Alfa Romeo just keeps on winning, doesn't it? We would like to keep repeating. Thank you so much. Thank you. So that's our two leaders. The Michelin moment of the race then. In TCR, it has to be that right on the yellow pass for the number 33, Alpha, that ultimately was so close side by side with Robert Wickens as it came out. In GS, Jeremy, I haven't asked you yet. I'm going to say Robin Liddell for that uh, last few laps drive. What do, you, what do you have? You could have the casting vote here. I'm torn, torn between Shimjak for his for his move uh, at the earlier restart where he mm. took the lead from the uh, Turner what BMW or, or number 96 car that, that made three pit stops uh, more than anybody else, and won this race. Uh, so that's a great strategic call, once again, by Don Salama at Turner Motorsport. Uh, let's speak to Don Salama right now. Share, Adam. Don, congratulations. <laughs> One, two for Turner Motorsport, and now your attention gets to shift back to GTD. Yeah, but how long do you get to celebrate? We, we got like 40 minutes, and then we're back on track here. But, boy, was that unexpected this weekend. We had one-twos in the past, but, boy, we didn't come into this weekend thinking we had a one-two in the, in the box. And those cars, the guys did perfectly today. Strategy worked perfectly today. There were no faults, and it's been a little while, so it's nice to be back here. What? And first one in the championship for the new car as well. It, it feels fantastic. Those, these cars, we're so much happier with the G cars and the F cars, and we're starting to figure them out now. And if they stay reliable, we're going to have a great season. Championship run starts now. Congratulations. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much. That was awesome. Shay, are you staying with your GS uh, moment of the race? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll do that. Okay. Joe Bradley? Yeah, my, my, my GS moment of the race? Yes. It's uh, Eric Fugaris for me, the second, okay. 22nd to second. Okay, thank you. Got him in front of me if you want to talk to him. Let's have a word. I'm going to... Paul... Paul's going to have to forgive me, Paul Ryan, just interviewing. But this is live. Eric, you are my moment of the race, 22nd to 2nd. You've probably got a lifetime of tales to tell in that one. 
Yeah, it was incredible. Um, you know, it, not the qualifying session that we wanted. Obviously, red flags in a 15-minute session uh, put us where uh, the points positions were. Coming off of a bad Daytona put us in a bad position. So, um, you know, the team put complete faith in me, and and uh, you know, with with Stephen being my teammate, we just we gel really well. Thanks so much to RS1 Community Beer Works Porsche Naples for uh, working so hard. It's not the result we wanted. We had some contact when Stephen got in the car, and it knocked the toe out, unfortunately. But um, you know, we're here, we're in the points, eight more races to go, and we're looking forward to it. How aware were you of the progress you were making through the field and the amount of places you were making up? Well, luckily, there were so many cautions, I was able to see how many cars were in front of me. So uh, I was able to sort of count, and, um, you know, again, each time it wasn't anything where I, I got too excited. It was just taking my time, making sure that they were calculated moves, made when they needed to be made, and, uh, you know, hats off to this RS1 team. Brilliant. Hats off to you, mate. Well done. No consensus at all from us about the JS uh, move of the race. I'm going to give it to, to uh, RS1 uh, for that then because of those massive moves made. Stephen McAleer was defending hard at the end, but with a car that wasn't quite as it should have been. So they will get the uh, Michelin moment of the race, several moments of the race for Eric Figueras uh, coming up from uh, 22nd to 2nd after the uh, non-qualifying session that they had. But quite honestly, it could have been any of the top three as well. Congratulations to Robert Liddell and Rebel Rock Racing and great strategy from Turner Motorsport. They split their strategy and that number uh, 96 car three times down the pit lane. Uh, the moment of the race from Michelin, each of those teams we've mentioned, the Alpha team uh, and the RS1 team will get a Brand new set of Michelin slick tyres, courtesy of Michelin Motorsport. Well, down at the Victory Circle. And Tim Lewis, as you might imagine, is absolutely ecstatic about what has gone on there. He's having a look around the back of the car. He's got the family here to support him as well <laughs> this weekend. Uh, what a lovely chap. Been around for a few years now. Uh, loves his motor racing and he's not slowing down one iota, Jeremy Shaw. No, it's cool, isn't it? From Boca Raton, Florida, this will be his uh, sixth win in TCR uh, and a really hard-earned one. He found the skin of his teeth there. He was uh, just perhaps ahead of Robbie Wickens there, but that was a tremendous race in TCR all the way through. Brilliant drive, though, today by Robbie Foley. Uh, he gets a new lap record for good measure uh, and a tremendous performance. And unofficially looking at the points uh, table, Despite finishing way, way down the order in the opening round at Daytona, with this win, I reckon the number 96 team will lead in the points on 480 to the 470 of Marilla Racing's car number 56. That's Eric Foss and Jeff Mosing. Uh, just 20 points behind them, tied for third. With JTR Motorsports Engineering, that's Anthony McIntosh and Jared Thomas, and the team TGM, car number 46, the Plum Brothers, both on four, uh, 450. So super tight in GS. Uh, Cher Adam is working the crowd at the Victory Circle <laughs> and has spotted a hot, sweaty, but smiling, I think, Scotsman. Oh, yeah. There's, there's a little bit of a smile a hidden grimace. on his face, a grimace, he said. Robin, one more lap. Yeah, I think I could have got second, to be honest, at least. I think we needed just too much yellow today. It's really intense racing. I really enjoyed the, the battling. It was a lot of fun out there. I mean, hard racing, but fun. A little bit of bumping and boring. But uh, to be honest, everything I encountered was pretty clean. So, But unfortunately, just a few too many yellows, I think, really. And uh, 
I think if we'd run a green race for a bit longer, I think we had a decent shot. Um, I think I think I could have certainly uh, gone one better. So, you know, we had a good car. The team's done a super job over the last few weeks. You know, we tested VP race weekend last weekend and then this. And it's like I'm going to be glad to this weekend's over, to be honest, because it's just been a lot of work. But the guys have done a super job. Frank really stepped his game up, particularly last weekend, and ran some super times and did a good, a good job. So um, I think, you know, I think we've got a, we're in a reasonably strong position for the rest of the year. And we just need to, you know, try and get every bit of success we can, really. It's the final year for the Camaro. We've worked with these guys at GM and Chevy and Pratt and & Miller for a long time. We've had a lot of good years with them, and uh, we'd like to go out on a bit of a high and at least be able to stand on the top step, you know, at least once more before we get to the end of this year. So, yeah, happy days. Enjoy another podium finish. Thanks very much. Thank you. Yeah, very good, Robert. And uh, could have been a bit better from them, remember, if it hadn't been for that drive-through. Frank had done a great job. Just defended a little bit too hard, didn't he? With the Stephen Cameron BMW, then had to have a drive-through dropped out of a solid to sort of top 10, top 11, all the way down into the 20s in class uh, when Robin took that car over. Now, in fairness, the, the field got pulled back together with a couple of yellows. But I think that without that last one, as Robin said, there was another position maybe. Well, at least nothing else. We would have had some entertainment in the last four or five laps. Let's wrap it up then from... The Alan J Automotive Networks 120 for the second round of the IMSA Michelin Pilot Challenge and recap the results. Unofficially then, Turner Motorsport with a 1-2, 96 from 95, uh, separated by half a second at the line and the fastest lap of the race to Robbie Foley uh, and the 96 car. Robin Liddell coming home in third with his teammate Frank Lepiot. Uh, Frank starting the race in the 71 Rebel Rock Racing Chevrolet Camaro was just two tenths away from the second of the BMWs at the line. A absolute street fight in the streetcar-based class. The TCRs, Tim Lewis taking the chequered flag with uh, a perfectly timed overtake before the yellows for KMW Motorsports with TMR, the Alpha, ahead of the 33 Brian Herder Autosports. They have two cars on the podium, the number 98 Hyundai as well, just off the podium for Mike Lamara. And the top six made up by uh, Brian Herder Autosports, number one. That was a good fight back from that car. They were not quick earlier on in the week. And then it was Van der Ster and Rockwell there remaining car points at tcr yeah and uh, for mike lamaro just off the podium this time but he was on the podium last time at daytona uh, as a result of that i reckon they lead the points jointly with the number 98 team that is uh, mark wilkins and uh, mason philippi in uh, kind of 98 so i reckon they both have uh, 600 points apiece to the 570 of the number 33 car that's robbie wickens and harry gotsacker that finished uh, second today And a reminder of our Michelin moments of the race in TCR, the side-by-side -side moment just before the yellow came out that went in the favour of the uh, Tim Lewis, number five, KWM Motorsports with TMR Alfa Romeo Giulietta. They'll take a brand new set of tyres. And in GS4, from from starting 22nd to fighting up to second place, Eric Figueras and the RS1 team, 
the number 28 Porsche. Jeremy Shaw was in the booth alongside me, John Hindorf. Thanks very much indeed to our pit reporters in the heat, Shea Adam and Joe Bradley, and to Alyssa and the rest of the team up in Charlotte, as well, of course, as our brilliant trackside camera operators and everyone involved with the production of the TV. Tim Gray was the magic man back in London that got us to the world on audio. Thanks for being with us the rest of the season of the Michelin Pilot Challenge is live in Sound and Vision on IMSA Radio and IMSA TV. I'm John Hindoff. Bye-bye. Um, quite program is a Radio Show Limited production. For more, check imsaradio.com and subscribe to IMSA Radio wherever you get your podcasts.